everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. Hope you're doing well. It's almost over. It's almost the end of the Christmas nightmare. No more extra money. No more part-time job doing Christmas. Um, but I've enjoyed my time. I've had a lot of fun. I uh, hope your holidays are going well, or if you hate them, I hope uh, you found a new level of hatred that you enjoy even more. This is the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. And we're here to spread mess across the U.S. Distress, disruption, corruption, any of the things that will topple this American empire. That's what we desire. And we're bringing that to you two times a week via this podcast. Uh, Wednesday night's The Basement Show. We hang out, yell at each other, figure out what the fuck's going on in the world. And on Sunday nights, we take calls from all y'all. So that number to dial is 614-655-3887. And you can get through on the line. We're not full right now, so we do have an opening. Uh, If you want more of what we do, right now we got the special bonus Patreon audio show, Buttfest 2000. Brian and Alexander Edward from Minion Death Call Podcast are investigating the much maligned butt rock genre and what exactly it means and where it came from. Uh, that's all available at patreon.com slash streetfightradio. People like that show. I like that show. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a goofier you, one than usual. You like, two are just, this. Not a, it's not a perfect match. Like, no. you both have a, you both have a very distinct opinions about music, but they don't always uh, align. Alexander is a lot cooler than I am. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Ultimate. Is like that, that, like, well, not only is he like better looking than me, but he's also cooler than me and just has way better taste in music than I ever did. Right. Although he'll be like... I listened to all that stuff back oh, yeah. then, and it's like, yeah, well, you but like you also more- listen to like bands I've never heard of that have like split seven inches and stuff. Right. Which if you're a guy that's into bands with split seven inches, you're just, you're like on another level of cool yeah, over he, me. He liked at the driving in middle school, you know? Yeah. 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 But it's fun. It's a, it's a, it's cool. It's like you get people on there that are like a little bit different from each other and then you just don't have like two guys either making fun of this thing. Although this week I did get made fun of. I did get Alex laughed at me in such a derisive way more than any, anything anybody's done to me on any of these mini series, because I said Nickelback had a song that shreds. Oh, they do. Their devil went down to Georgia. Really? Yeah. And I played it for like a second and dude you'd have thought i told the funniest joke that i've ever told it was this laugh was so huge and he was just like this sucks dude (laughs) it's just like oh fine you know i was being objective if something shreds it shreds sure i mean and i think you know it is a subjective thing but you should acknowledge when you're like that's an undeniable song yeah it's not an undeniable song. I didn't even I say did, it was good. I just said it shreds, and it's uh, surprising. Okay. You know, it's like one of those things that you hear it, and you're like, that's surprising. Wow. That, that got is, me off guard. Yeah, I didn't think Nickelback could go like that, but they can Which is like, that's been the kind of point of the show, you know? This week, we got into some Creed. Obviously, next week will be a big Creed week, too, because, you know, they were end of the 90s, into the... 2000s but you know you play a little bit of a creed song and you're like okay i mean 
I can't really make fun of the guitars here. Yeah. I like heavy metal. This sounds like heavy metal to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, some of it goes hard. There's sometimes, yeah. I, I've I've been listening to a ton of it, and I'm like, I fucking don't. I'm not complaining about this. This doesn't suck. This is sweet. This is loud and obnoxious and bold. I think it's the uh, uh, it's bad because it's cynical and uh, uh, kind of. I mean, like when you start to learn the backstories of some of these things, Lit was the one that was like the one where I was like, yeah, this stuff still sucks, though, because it's like apparently and you can hear this on the 90s episode and on the uh, 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 intro episode. But they had a hair metal band, a grunge band, a post grunge band, and then this band. And it's like these are just guys that were going to do it. They were going to make a living doing rock and roll no matter fucking what. You know what I mean? They didn't care what the rock and roll was. They would make any, they would have been the strokes if they didn't hit with my own worst enemy. They would have been doing like, right, they you know, tried the stroke that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then after, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just one of those things that's like, that, that was, that's the point where you're like, this is just all business. Yeah. You know, that's, I think, that what, why I, I, I can be derisive towards that type of music is yeah. the cynical businessy nature of it see but and but that's the thing about the 90s stuff though is i think most of that stuff is legitimately good i think that a lot of that set a wake up like allison chains is butt rock to me but they set up this this they set up this wave for people to just try to to sound like that you know yeah 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 i mean i think it's pearl jam allison chains are originals yes and then you move into the stuff I mean, that Allison, becomes right a copy of that and allison change was like this fucking addict guy that's like screeching in pain and then he has jerry cantrell like harmonizing underneath it they've got like three they've got this huge huge powerhouse of vocals the guitar is so simple they do have good solos but the guitar stuff is so simple but like that can't be recreated you know what what it just gets distilled down to like one guy just being frustrated in a room is what it sounds like, you know, or it just, it's frustration for no reason. It's like, I don't, you know, the copycat stuff that came later. Yeah. It's not, I mean, and I'm not even saying these people couldn't have had those feelings. Sure. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, I'm saying it's cynical because it is a thing where it's like, I'm saying it's cynical because it's a thing where it's like, hey, we see this music is kicking up dust. Let's make some of this music. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know. We can do that. Second wave stuff, if it doesn't significantly significantly change on the first wave in a way that is interesting, sucks. Yeah. It just isn't cool. You yeah. know what I mean? And and. Maybe that's like a, a wrong way to look at shit, but it's just for me, it's like, man, if you're trying to grab on to a, a, a if you're trying to grab on to a wave that's happening, it's significantly less cool than just doing the thing that you want to do. The reason, you know, I uh, the Strokes are a band that get a lot of hate, you know what I mean? But fuck, dude, they were doing something that nobody else was doing when they started doing it, and it was fucking cool, right. and it was great to hear. Right, they were part of a scene of people that were doing stuff, but yeah, it was, it was an iteration. Yeah, and they iteration. Were, but they were the first to, they were the ones that made it like a a, a, a scene that you could 
like be a part of right you know what i mean like they were the first and you know if you read meet me in the bathroom they even talk about how like they made a lot less money which they didn't need it but they made a lot less money than the other bands that that made it because they were the first and they fucking came in there and they did this thing and their heat started to die down when the genre started to pick up you know what i mean it's just like stuff like that like, I like that corn is another one, right? Like, there was a scene of bands doing that kind of music, but corn was the one that grabbed people and they did it right and they fucking made a thing. And then, fucking five years later, the thing was dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing just gets killed. Those things get killed after five years. But, like, with butt rock, you can carry on on the radio. Radio rock music will just, just always play Touch Peel Stand. They will never stop playing that song. You know, you're like, who's Days of the New? And it's like they sing Touch Peel Stand, right. and that song will be on the radio. And on the day that I die in my deathbed, hopefully further down the road, Touch Peel Stand will play on a hard rock radio stage. Yeah, it's a, it's a milestone for frustrated men. It was a big <laughs> turning point for frustrated men when that song came out, you know? Yeah. I'd love to find some women butt rock groups, really, but I think it the whole genre hinges on it being dudes, you know, because it's like a phony machismo. Yeah, I'd love, love to hear some submissions from women. Yeah, but. please, please, please. I'd love to hear some. I mean, you, it would be nice to even hear. I think it's a very male audience for that kind of music yeah. too because it is men singing about feelings that are wrong. Yeah. Like that, they're wrong. Very selfish, usually yeah. extremely selfish. Very much, I'm the center of the universe. Um, you know that? Yeah. I took the four axis compass quiz today. Oh, fun! You know that thing? Uh, yes, I did. I I'm, took it too. I'm, I'm going to tell you something that'll blow your fucking mind, Brett. You're never going to believe this, and okay. it seems like I lied. I didn't lie on these answers. Now, one of the I, I'll explain why this blew my mind, but uh, I am, hold on, hold on. I am 51.6% female. Okay. In my gender. Wow. I think sexistly that that is because I like baking. It's the only thing I can think of. I double thumbs up baking. Uh-huh. And I think that made me... Well, I mean, a woman apparently, which you would never believe that. You always tell me I'm the the mm. dudest guy in the world. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it's that kind of a quiz facade, is wrong. Though. Your dudeliness is is can sometimes be a little too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, that's what you this said quiz you're is with telling all girls. You know? What you said you were you were a girls guy. When I hung were... out with all girls growing up. Yeah, most. I mean, my best friends were girls. Most of my friends were men. Obviously. Yeah, I'm sure uh, you probably had a light touch with some of the punishment in there. They probably call that girly. Yeah. Like when it comes to, you know, how people should, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's the baking. I, I just think they were just like, baking? That's well, for that women. Definitely and it's like, that's not for that reason. That's yeah. not for women. Baking is for everybody. Now, I sound like some guy that's trying to explain it away. Like, I think the quiz means something. I just am annoyed that, like, baking is gendered. I love baking. You, they, is that what they said it was? Maybe they just want to see where you're at on that scale. I, that's what it says. In the, and I think after you do the results, it explains it. The baking, you said you bake. 
Oh. You know? And either that or it makes me normal, which 54% normal. So I'm a normal person. Finally. Barely normal. Finally, everybody knows I'm normal. You're the normal guy. The most normal, I'm normal the normal guy. lady, actually. Yes. <laughs> that quiz might be a little bit flawed. I yeah, think. it was definitely, it was a bad quiz. I saw plenty of people explain why. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I figured. I, I took it because I wanted to see how leftist I am, which is very. Yeah, I was too. I got manly man. I was surprised how manly man I was. Yeah, you. 61%. You have, here's why. You have that anger, really? Yeah. I have fear. You have anger. Sure. And men are angry. Right. And that's just the reason. Like, that's the emotion that men feel. You're right. And uh, I say I have anger, but I really have fear. You know? Right, right. <laughs> I got constant fear. Right. You know? Right. You just, yeah, you're only comfortable calling it anger. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I'm mad angry right now. It's like, no, you're not. You're fucking you're, taking a walk and, and you're starting to cry while you walk and you're like, I'm fucking crying because I'm so, the world is, I'm manly. <laughs> That's why. You know, it's not fear. I'm not afraid of anything. Yeah. It's like, you're afraid of everything, sir. Mm -hmm. i having a two week panic attack. Right. Oh, I killed that panic attack. I think that's normal, though. I think most people, I think a lot of people are, are closer to that. People yeah. have more do quiet crying than they let on. I know. I know. People get alone, and it's just like, I remember when I told my therapist that, and he was like, you fucking, he kind of gave me the impression. It's like, look, everybody does that. When you're alone, and you're just having a day, and you just, like, are, I'm walking, and I just sort of start being like, I think I'm going to cry. I don't know why, but it's going to happen. And I was like, it just happens. Can you believe that? We got to put a stop to that. Yeah. You know? Is there a pill I can take? <laughs> That's how I acted with him. I was like, we got to put a stop to this. This is sickening. And he was like, no, people do that, man. You know, people can get in their feelings when they're alone. And it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Drake does it. Don't mean you're sad. Right. But... Can't, yeah, just got to have a com comfortable uh, relationship with that zone, I guess. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, yeah, it's been, I, I would love to hear if people are calling in tonight, we'd love to hear some Christmas bonus talk. Okay. You know, lack of, or, you know, what we like is the bad. We, well, I mean, we would love you all to get money bonuses, but we like it when you get like a crystal ball with your name etched in it. <laughs> Yeah, hologram with the company logo to put on your desk <laughs> yeah. at home. My wife got a uh, uh, a cup that said something like, uh, you know, you put the work in teamwork or something like that. You know what I mean? Something like, yeah, really like worky. Yeah, you, know? you really make this team work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was just like, that's sad. Yeah, man. that's horrible. And that's not even like we like you or we cherish you or appreciate you. It's like you fucking work. You just like you show up here and you work. It's <laughs> what we want too. That's all we want really is work. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it's really like she works for a major corporation. Mm -hmm. That could totally give bonuses. Yeah. Like money bonuses. 100 bucks. 100 bucks. People would I mean, lose their fucking minds for $100 bonus. We, we traditionally did uh, the gift hams. And uh, I investigated and looked through the companies. And 
uh, to get one mailed to people, it, it, it costs about 75 to 90 bucks to ha make it happen. And that's like something where you're like, well, uh, could I just have the cash instead? You know? I think people are going to get the cash more this year or they're going to make it a card. You're going to get a people are going to get a lot of Amazon and Walmart gift cards. I think Amazon. Mostly. Sure. Yeah. You Maybe know, tongue in cheek. Like, yeah. Yeah. You could get stuff delivered to you. I mean, it's Amazon and it's, whatever you want. It's Amazon and Starbucks are the two cards that you get from people mm -hmm. like that. That are like kind of uh, it's like you wouldn't get one for your wife. You would get one. Yeah, for your I wife. would. You know what I mean? No, I wouldn't actually get one for my wife because she would, if I bought a gift card for my wife, she would be like, wait, did you use my rewards card when you bought this? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I didn't know what it was. I don't have it on my phone. She's like, I, I can't accept this. We didn't get double stars on this. You know, she this, is a Starbucks rewards maniac. It doesn't go towards her. Yeah. Her app totals. Yeah. I can't believe how, but, how into the reward she is. Well, you know, she's not a drinker. That's like her drugs. You know, she just is drinks coffee a lot of all coffee. the time. Just a powerful, just the most powerful amount of coffee I've ever seen anybody drink. Yeah. She has six a, a day, you know? Just, yeah. I'll drink six coffees today. Yeah. She goes for it. I drink two and I feel like it's a lot. Yeah, um, you know, the, that's the other thing is, uh, you know, maybe not the, the most ethical, but uh, the $5 to Starbucks, like to buy somebody like a fancy ass frou-frou coffee, it goes so far. I think that is such a, I like that gift. I, I do too. I'm sending out, we're sending out $5 cards to some people that we like, podcasters and stuff. And uh, I, man, I fucking love getting them. I love when I'm just like, buy one and I'm like, oh my God, I'll just go get a fucking dragon fruit refresher, you know? Dragon fruit refresher. I love that shit. <laughs> my drink has gotten up to six fifty. dollars That's wild. Seven, $7 sometimes for my coffee because I like that peppermint mocha. Oof. I'm on that peppermint mocha with coconut milk steez. Yeah. I don't drink real milk anymore. I'll drink whatever other kind of milk except for soy. I won't drink soy milk because right, it tastes like right. vegetables. Yeah. You can taste the vegetables in soy milk. Yeah, I agree. It's not because I don't, I am already soy. I drank Soylent for like two years, so I don't care about that. It's the, it's the, uh, uh, I don't want my drink to taste like the same taste as green beans. Yeah, like I'm just I not into. Yeah, I can understand you know? that now. I like oat milk. I like your coconut milks. I like your almond milks. I'm so glad milk is outdated. I'm glad milk's gone. Yeah, we don't need that shit. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. Unless I need some fat, I'm not using any milk ever again. And then you know the way I think about it uh, is is like maybe this is a little bit an unhealthy way to look at when I drink these these different milks. Is that I'm like, this is just like water. I could drink this all day. Yeah. <laughs> you drink stuff like this all day. It's basically water. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I mean, I eat oats all day, too. I mean, oats in cereal, oats in granola, oats in a fucking bar of some sort. Um, you know, so I, I love it. That's true. I you, like you're an oat guy. You like oats. I like oats too, man. Oat oat edibles. I make my weed edibles out of oatmeal. You gotta cookies. make a healthy. You're gonna make a healthy one someday. A healthy edible. Yeah. Should my wife I? been eating these breakfast bars. Okay, I could maybe. And it uh uh well, lit her up because she said it tastes like golden grams. Oh. And then she was like, and then I ate a piece of it, and I was like, man, this ain't doing shit. 
and it tasted so good. She she was yeah. like, I want another piece of that motherfucker. And then too much. You know, she's been folding those mean shirts. So that's fun. She gets sore. Yikes. You know, well, we all get sore. You know, everybody gets sore. I was complaining about being sore the other night because it's cold. Like once it gets cold, my walks make me significantly more sore. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, old as hell. I've already, because uh, the going outside has gone down. My, my, uh, all my stuff is acting up. All my soreness is just like right there. Like, dude, like you gotta do something. Why does that happen? What does this cold do? You know, it's like, why is it? Why do my bones all feel like they're cracking now? They weren't fucking um, two months ago. They were all like loosey goosey. I could have done yoga two months. Well, I tried in front of all of our friends and they made fun of me. So, uh, no, we didn't. You made fun of me a little bit. What did I say? You guys all laughed at me because I was trying to do happy baby and I fell over. And also that I couldn't do another one of them. Just basically, Katie says I look like I'm made out of wood when I do yoga. I, I think like Apple has a, 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 a Apple Fitness Plus thing now. And they have yoga on it. And I think I'm going to like, I want to do it, you know? It's 20 minutes a day. I feel like it would make me feel good. Yeah, like 20 minutes is not, not very long. I know, but you know how it is. I don't turn the TV on during the day. It's, it, would be a, it would require changing my whole setup, my whole thing. Yeah. My, my, like, I have That's a routine right. that I do in the morning that I've been doing now for like two years. And changing it is so much. It's just like when things get out of whack, like I'll forget to take my medicine and shit like that, you know? But I've been messing with it a little bit lately, you know? Okay. So that's something. That's something. Uh, for those of you who sent us that article about the family buying the golf course, I am saving that for Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, never seen quite. I mean, don't Google it. Just be ready for it on Wednesday. I also have some more micro came back out and started talking about some other shit. Great. This week. Just. He was on Hannity. This guy, post-partisan, but he's on Hannity. He's on Fox News 47 times a day. Yeah, yeah. They got to be paying him, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. Just like a little bit, though? I don't know. Or he probably is just doing it to, I mean, you want to be friends with those people, you know? Like, you, I, I would, right? Why not? You want to you be in the, you want to be in front of that audience. Yeah, You're spewing probably. bullshit to those people. Like it's, the exposure is good for him. They are actually easier to bullshit than a lot of audiences too. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like there's a lot of audiences where it's like, uh, oh, I I don't know. Okay, I mean all the cable news audiences though are easy to bullshit. Well, but but yeah, I mean, but it's just a place where you can go and be like, you know, where he goes, you know. The, the best stimulus the best stimulus i ever heard of was getting a dang dirty job you know like where you can just do that <laughs> the best stimulus i ever heard is getting a dirty job yeah best dang stimu stimulus i ever got was a swift kick in the ass from my dad when he made <laughs> me get a job at the movie theater yeah that's why that's why i'm here right now yeah 
Yeah. Sorry, my beard is uh, out of control. I'm very unwashed and uh I got beard oil today. yesterday. For the first time in my life, I used some beard oil. That's nice. That's yeah. good. I mean, it, it smells good. It keeps it in order. It smells good. The smelling good Look is nice, too. Did. Didn't you give your honey a kiss as soon as you're done, and then she says, you know, you smell good? No. No, I didn't. That's what you should do. I, I just Add put that it on. To your I went like this. I'm going to change your routine. I went like this, and I put it on. I slathered it You got to get in the roots. My you beard. Oh, really? You got to dig in? Yeah. Push it. Push I don't it. know what it's the for. Skin, get the skin beneath. I don't know what it's for. So Keeps I that just skin kinda, underneath healthy. That's what it is? Yeah. Oh. The, like at the root. I'll start using it. Yes. I never used it before. I put it in. And I was like, that smells good. You know? Yeah. That's what I say about beard oil. This is my new beard oil treatment that I do as part of my uh, my new getting ready routine. You're, and then you have like a bacon um, margarita for breakfast. Yep. Or beard oil. You use kick-ass body lotion. Pile driver soap. Oh. Um, beer soap. Pile driver soap. Axe body spray? No, just all the like manly man, like hairy back jacks, kick-ass body wash. That's Duke in all Cannon. The stores. Duke Cannon. Yeah, Duke Cannon. It's Duke Cannon's big time of the year right now, right? Duke Cannon. People get mad well. Duke Cannon, ga- Cannon stuff for Christmas. This soap ain't for sissies. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is for powerful. It's called, it's Duke Cannon. Yeah. And it, it is, uh, the chapstick's like four times the size of an, a, a regular chapstick. Yep. Which is like, okay, I mean... I'll just use the small chapsticks. I have hemp chapstick now. I'm being made fun of by my family for it. Really? Like the it has Blistex, C- it has hemp. CBD in it? Oh no, it's just the Blistex off the shelf hemp. Hemp. It just says hemp on it. They're like, you just buy that because it has weed in it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And hey, if you're gonna use it's cannabis, more natch. I want to be a part of it. You know? Yeah, hemp. Love it. I'm trying to help help the cannabis industry. If you're growing hemp, which what a waste of time. You know, well, we need it for some stuff to make like ropes. Yeah, to, ma- to make ropes. <laughs> That's what they always say. Oh, you know, they used man, to make you ropes make out of that. the strongest stuff. rope ever and have it regrow every three months, man. Man, George Washington. That's actually from that that uh, movie, Dazed and Confused. George Washington used him, man. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Love him. Yeah. All right. Are we taking calls? I think we should you if take you want a few to. Calls? Feel like it? Yeah. Let's do I it. I always want to take calls. Uh, That's all I want to do. That's my dream. Oh, geez. Where is my. Uh... Oh, my word. Oh, geez. All right. Let's get in here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Yo, what up? This is uh, Nico, a.k.a. Kudzu Garden. Big fan of uh, Butt Fest 2000. Oh, you're Love it. you like the music or just the podcast? Uh, both, man. You know, butt rock. Grew up on butt rock. Yeah, God, so my mom. Uh, so it's pretty timeless. God, everybody likes the when, music. You would think I, nobody mom. likes the music, but I think we have a hipper than usual audience, and they like the music. Yeah. I think I think that that it's mainstream media, the lamestream media made us dislike that music. Yeah, I think a lot of cool working parents listen to hard rock radio uh, to make it through the day. And my mom did. My dad, my mom was super into it. Uh, my dad, too. Uh, but then, like, she did the patriotic thing after 9-11. And that kind of ch- 
butt rock kind of changed with it too. She's like Ted Cruz. She's like following along with the path. I was she, like, she turned into Ted Cruz music. and was like, I can't listen to rock music no more. I can only listen to the country music. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my cousin and I, my cousin and I definitely went to a Creed concert when we were like thirteen and fourteen. And um, as much as I hate that music now, they really they really brought it, man. They really slapped. It was a great show. Yeah. Um, Allison Chains minus Lane Staley. He Lane Staley had just died, and uh, they, Allison Chains without him opened for them, and uh, it was a pretty good show, man. I mean, Creed's butt as hell, but. We had a good time, and our parents were fine with us going because they're they're Christian, right? So like, <laughs> great, you know. It's so funny. Get any trouble? <laughs> it's so funny because it seems like they probably actually got more of an audience because they were Christian than like they ran away from being called Christian. I remember them always being like, "Well, we're not actually a Christian band. We're we're a band that are 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 spiritual," and it's like Alex. On, on the Buttfest show mentioned that like he was really into Creed for a period of time because he really wanted to be Christian because he didn't want to go to hell. Yeah, smart. And like, yeah. And parents would let you listen to it because it was Christian. And it's like, man, maybe if I was in a band, now I don't want to be considered Christian, but it sort of feels like some of the bands that really break through and say they're Christian make a little extra money. You know, POD made a little bit of extra money probably than some of the other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because some of that new metal, you know, the parents would be like, "You're not listening to this shit." They're cursing and and you know, it's all it's all kill right. this and kill that, and then like. You, then POD comes out and the parents are like, hey, you're allowed to listen to this. It's Christian. These are good boys. And it's like uh, they made a little just right. a little extra more famous. They can tour. I'll bet you I'll bet you POD and Creed could do a tour now. Well, you know, when the COVID's over, they could do a tour and sell out venues. Yeah. People went into it. 100%. Yeah. So uh, what's up, guys? I'm, I'm calling because uh, I've recently been doing some stuff with our local DSA chapter here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Precise County. Um, been doing some been doing some organizing and canvassing with, a, with another group called Housing Justice Now, uh, which is um, a part of the, they're in partnership with the DSA here. And I uh, got a little bit of a story of a kind of a small business tyrant, but like a slumlord version of that. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, not that it exists. Not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 uh, uh, yeah. tenant organizing, I think, is one of the one of the best functions of the DSA. I think they're really good at that. And I did see the video. I saw the video. There was like forty some people out there raising hell outside City Hall or whatever. It was awesome. Yeah, it was outside of our county commissioners meeting. I don't want to steal any valor. I'm pretty new to the groups. Um, I've only recently felt um, kind of like healthy enough to participate in some of this action and, and get back out there and um, be part of it. So uh, Housing Justice Now, Winston DSA, they've been doing a lot of really hard work, a lot of legwork um, with, with housing right now and with, with evictions. We just went out and canvassed the other day uh, a little section that's where, where a lot of students are being evicted, um, you know, just total slumlord apartments and uh, we went and um, talked to them and, and gave them some information uh, 
about maybe some help that they could get and uh, some resources available for people who are facing eviction. Uh, but anyway, I ended up, I ended up like this being like one of the first actions I've ever done with housing justice. I ended up on the news getting interviewed about why I was there. <laughs> and, um, and apparently my, my landlord saw it. I mean, I didn't really say anything too inflammatory. This was outside of a county commissioner's meeting where like, you know, we're protesting general eviction in our county um, and asking that, you know, the, the sheriff's department stop evicting people. It wasn't specifically targeted at my landlord. It wasn't targeted at his business or anything. I was just out there, um, you know, trying to raise hell with other people. And he saw it and texted my partner uh, on Saturday, uh, yesterday, while I was out canvassing with Housing Justice. Wow. And he sent a yeah he sent a picture of a screenshot of me from the news video, and was like nice pic from the news Thursday. And I mean we don't we don't have like a fun like ribbing relationship or anything. I don't want to like 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 we don't have a playful relationship. It's basically right. like hey where's the rent? Hey I left the rent. You know I usually send him a dollar sign when I pay the rent. Or yeah, right. Um, that's like the least sure. amount of uh, that's the least amount of playfulness is a uh, uh, d- uh, dollar sign. Hey, I s- dollar right. sign. There's the rent. Dollar sign thumbs up. You know, it's just like totally impersonal. Um, and so we've had issues with him and him being hostile. He kind of has a temper. Um, you know, uh, he. Um, he basically, like, we've been renting from him for probably seven or eight years. Um, back in 2013, um, my dad was in the hospital in Georgia, and he uh, eventually passed away down there after a few days. And uh, I was down there. We were behind on rent maybe, um, I don't know, maybe 10 to 14 days. So we were a good, good bit behind rent. And... Um, and he's texting me a bunch saying, Hey, you know, uh, I need you to pay this rent. And finally, I, I you know, just cause I was going to the hospital a bunch, I was tired. It was traumatic. I, I basically was like, look, man, um, you know, you're not my fucking boss. Like get off my back. I'm, I'm down here with my dad in the hospital. I'll get you your rent money. It's $450. You right. know, like fuck off. Wait. So in any event, he ends up calling and leaving this just, like foaming at the mouth, raving message, cussing me out, saying that I'm running, um, saying that uh, I am like, I, I'm like, you know, trying to stiff him for rent. And, uh, you know, he says, he says, uh, you're right, man. I'm not your, I'm not your boss. I'm your landlord and you're my tenant and I will evict you. He said that in the voicemail. So the next day, me and my partner, we, we uh, left our daughter with um, my sister, and we drove all the way back to North Carolina, uh, got a got a money order out and paid him and texted him and then drove all the way back down to Georgia wow. to be with my dad again. And and so, you know, and, and, you know, since then, it's just been shitty repairs and, like, uh, a really, you know, slumlord situation. So... Yeah, that's awful. And that's, uh, I mean, the, the yeah. sending the text message about seeing you on the news is just seems like threatening to me. It does. It, it seems very intimidating. And, um, you know, 
What's interesting is this wasn't a protest about him, but he just inserted himself into the conversation, I feel like. Like, I feel like he just made it about them. You think and, he, um, he, well, I mean, uh, he probably saw you on the news and felt like you were complaining of, you were, you were striking against him. You know what I'm saying? Like seeing you there made him think, oh no, he's going to come for me now. You know? Well, and, and probably, um, well, yeah, I mean, Absolutely. And, and maybe, maybe he's right to think that, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. He, and, and, and sending that text to my partner, kind of sending that kind of uh, threat, uh, you know, messages loud and clear, you know? Uh, so I don't know, man. I think, I think I need to find some of his other tenants and I think that we need to start talking. Yeah, I would too. I mean, it, that is a threatening, that is a really wild, th threatening thing to do. Sending a screen cap of you on the news. I mean, it took guts for you to go on the news too, because, you know, a lot of people that get involved with this stuff are afraid to, to kind of do stuff like that too, you know? So good on you for right. doing it, but you might be seeing some of the consequences that people are afraid of. I mean, if you talk to his other tenants though, are you in, are you in a building or are you in like a, uh, um, are you in a building or are you in like a, a single house that, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm actually in a I'm actually in a single family unit. We have a two bedroom. Um, it's my partner and I and our two kids. Um, and, and it's a little two bedroom, but we're cozy. We're happy in it. Um, I've got a basement here. I mean, the place is a piece of shit. You know, like it's got lots of issues. But I have a basement where I do my artwork. I'm a painter, and I work down here. I'm in the basement and. So there, there are some advantages to living here. I don't want to give it up, honestly. Like, um, I'd rather fight for it than just move out. And um, and if he wants, if he wants to have a, because I, I have paid all my rent. Like, it's not like I'm, I'm at risk of facing an eviction. But I think that if he's mad at me, he can make my life hellish. You know. Yeah, I've often worried about. I've often worried about the. Uh, uh the renewing of the lease over the years has caused me a lot of uh, uh, worries because it's like, if I piss this mm -hmm. guy off, you know, then he's not going to want to renew the lease with me. But I also know that like a lot of landlords just like to have long-term tenants because it's easier to deal with them. Yeah. You know? So it, it's like yeah, what he's going to make that he's going to make that, cost benefit and now that that risk analysis and see if having you there makes him more nervous than not than not having you there you know what i'm saying like like it's a hard time to get people to move into your place it seems like the time that you can uh uh it seems like the time that you can sort of push back against it and be like, Hey, you know, what's the fucking issue? It's going to be hard to fill it, fill a lease at least for another, you know, seven, eight months or six months. At, at least people aren't going to be getting out and doing stuff and, and moving as a real pain in the ass now and all that stuff. And I just sort of feel like, like if you're, if you're really willing to go for it and find those other tenants, then it could be worth it. It could be, it could 
do you well, at least give you some kind of uh, uh, relief knowing that you've stood up for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. I, I'm, um, I'm sick of it. Like I'm sick of being told to shut up because I'm, you know, because I don't have the same amount of money as somebody else. I think a lot of people are sick of it. And I think it's a great time for us all to come together and, and find our, our common enemies, you know, whether that be landlords or bosses and stand the fuck up to them, fight them in the streets. Uh, I'm going to jump off of here, guys. Can I shout out some local groups and, yeah. Call to action real quick. Yeah, go for it. All right. One shot. Great, man. Thank you guys so much. Love Buttfest. Love what y'all do. I really appreciate you letting me uh, come on and talk. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Winston-Salem DSA, uh, Housing Justice Now, Precise Court Support. Uh, if anybody wants to call Sheriff Kimbrough, Precise County, this motherfucker is still evicting people from their homes. That number is 336-917-7420. Uh, also, you can Venmo Housing Justice Now at Housing Justice Now. Um, all that money goes towards helping people fight evictions. Um, also, uh, there's a bail fund I could send you some info for if you want to put that up for some of the actual street warriors who are actually fighting those fights in the streets. Um, and also, I'm an artist, so follow me and my work at Tedu underscore garden on Instagram. Thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate y'all. Yeah, have a great night. All right. Kudzu Garden's also really good at the chat. Uh, always shows up in the live stream on Twitch. I always appreciate your input uh, on what we're talking about. It's always good. So thanks for that. And um, thanks for doing the hard work. And, uh, you know, it's what I, you know, sometimes people ask, like, should I try to unionize my shitty job? I'm worried I might lose my shitty job. And it's like, well, don't you think you could just find another shitty job? You if know? it's a it's, shitty enough job, then. I I always lean toward yes. Yeah, same with the if it's if it's a shitty if it's a shitty situation and it's cheap and I don't know if you can if you can find something else like it that's available. I'm sure there's plenty of other bad rental situations available for the same price range. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You might absolutely. as well try to try to win against one of these assholes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck that guy. I can't believe that. That's a, that's a really threatening thing to it do. It seems like, it's like I got my eye on you. Like, yeah. Oh, I know what you're about. That little thing they do, that two. Yes. You know what I'm saying, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah All right. Radicals. Yeah. These effing Antifa radicals here. Oh, I'm sure that pissed him off though. Oh yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. He was mad. He cussed out the mayor. Thanks for calling street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey guys, this is uh, Jonathan. What's up, Jonathan? From Louisville, Kentucky. Love it. What's hey, up? So I actually, you know, it's funny. I I called in for the first time uh, a couple few weeks ago with the uh, calling in sick, and uh, I had actually intended to talk about something else, but then I, when I got on there, I realized that that was the topic, so I kind of had to make something up on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good job. What a good sport. You played along. Yeah. See, we were worried that people wouldn't play along on that episode, and you are a shining example of people playing along. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, so it was fun. Actually, I had a good time, and it was really fun listening to all of them. So, but um, anyway, yeah. So I've been um, I've been a listener for a couple of years. I first found out about you guys um, when Brian, when you were on Citation needed talking about micro <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i i hate micro so that really resonated with me 
Oh, thank you. I I love doing citations needed. Those dudes are those dudes are cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so one thing I wanted to call in about tonight was um, that uh, given the pickle uh, <laughs> that segment you guys did the first uh, the first thing some flashbacks. Oh no! <laughs> I gotta ask you something first. If you're gonna talk about give him the pickle, you have to answer if you think that guy knows what he's doing there with the give him the pickle. Is does he know that it it sounds like a hog? He's an older gentleman, <laughs> but you know what I'm that, saying. You know, it's funny. I I I would think so, but he was like really old. He's dead now, actually. So maybe he was from the jet. Like maybe he's from that. You know, you guys were talking recently about calling people dick. Like, maybe he's just from that generation where you wouldn't even think of that. Right. That's crazy, though, because I think, you know? you know, pickle has been a euphemism for hog probably but, since the first time somebody ate a pickle. They were probably, somebody probably, the first pickle, <laughs> the first pickle that ever happened, the guy grabbed it and he put it like right up in front of his thing and was like, look, it looks like a, it looks like that thing that hangs from my, uh, between my legs. Yeah. You know? I, <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if yeah, our if our possible. if if our pickle guy he might be thinking of the ones that are like cut in that are like quartered so he's not thinking of like a he's thinking oh, of like a pickle yeah. spear and those things cost a nickel to the, him the non phallic variety yeah well yeah I, he yeah. had to know at some point somebody had to walk yeah. up to him and be like hey man you know it sounds like you're telling him to fuck the customers you know. <laughs> Right. It sounds like you're telling dudes to fuck the customer at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine you get that far deep and you're like, oh, no, (laughs) I've been telling people to fuck their customers, (laughs) which I mean, like, honestly, I guess if somebody wanted to fuck me for customer service, Heat O'Brien would be like, all right, I mean, I guess whatever, you know, down to party. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's not the worst thing. That's happened to me customer service wise. <laughs> true. That's you know, true. I've had some pretty bad customer <laughs> service in my life. <laughs> so uh, you had flashbacks from it? Oh, yeah. I, I had flashbacks because it was specifically about an ice cream parlor. And that's something I have some uh, experience in. And uh, horrifying oh boy, job to me. Horrifying uh, ice cream horrifying, parlor. Because. It seems like I want to I want to explain why I think it seems like the worst job in the world. One, cold. Okay. One, it's cold. Two, you stick your hand. I hate scooping ice cream. Nothing on this planet makes me more miserable than trying to scoop ice cream out of one of those containers. And you get the ice cream all over your hands. That's cold. And it's sticky. And any job where a majority of your customers are children, not a good one. So uh, yeah, those are the reasons. Yeah. And did you get free samples? I got to ask you if you gave free samples then. Oh too. my God. Yes. Yeah. And fuck that. that. One of the terrible things, people who really <laughs> abused it. Yeah. In fact, I got into a fight once with uh, a woman who would come in and she would get like a dozen samples and then not actually get in. <laughs> Ooh. That's just people like that, man. I'll tell you the truth here. People like that, they make the world go round to me. 
you know it's just you walk in and uh, you're like they they know what you're, they, you're like you know that i know i know that you know what i'm doing and i'm gonna fucking do it anyway yeah yeah i think um i also yeah. th- i think they keep you honest i think it's like if you're gonna say hey 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 no come in try anything we'll give you a free sample it's like you should be able to go yeah i'm not really in the mood for this ice cream right now i'm down i'm I'll also out of here none of these really hit I've also seen places that are like limit the amount of free samples you can get and yeah. hanging that sign up is yeah, not like good. That. Now that's, you're in jail. See, that's a bad vibe to me. Yeah, you walk is. in there yeah. and it's it immediately sets up bad vibes like you're you. accusing me of something, you know? You're we, counting my sample. We know what you're, you're trying to do. You're trying to, to get more for, ice cream than too. you deserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. What do you say? Yeah. You're giving them a number to shoot for too. Oh, They're okay. going to do six. You give them a number to shoot for if you say no more than this right. and they'll come in and then they'll Oh yeah, take the maximum. Oh god, and you go in there and and I've never worked at one, but I've waited in line at one and Ugh. when fucking people are up there just being like, "Let me get a little bit of that brownie batter." Yeah. Now let me get a little bit like they're fucking asking for samples. It's like Come on! Oh Can't you fucking see me? Can you see me right here? I'm here. Oh. I'm a valid human yeah. being yeah. that's waiting behind you. Oh, Brian, I'm getting kind of flashbacks right now. This is good. This is like therapy for me. It's talking like, this out. Oh man. Yeah, and the other thing too is the the line is always like an hour long, and people still don't know what they want yes. when they get up there at all. They're oh, just I know. Like, yes. Uh, yes. Oh my god. Wait, you have. You have brownie batter bowls? I didn't even see that. I didn't see that in the 90 minutes I stood in line to get this. I didn't even look at that part of the menu. The one I go to has a wraparound line, okay? Yeah. And there's two rows of it, the one by my house. And you stand in the second row, and you can look at every single one of the ice creams that exist. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's Jenny's ice cream. You stand in one of the lines, and then you come around, and then you're on stage. You know what I mean? That's how you should act. You should be like, okay, I'm in the yeah. green room. I'm in the green room. I'm in the green room. Oh, I'm on stage. I'll have right. a brambleberry crisp, and yeah. then I'm done. You know, I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah, <laughs> just patiently exactly. wait. Exactly. Could- go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I don't have anything. Go ahead. Oh, what I was going to say because that was the thing is people would would uh, you know they'd be they'd be in line for it and they come up and be like, so what do you got? As if I was supposed to read the menu off to <laughs> like, them, which is right in front of them. Like you have something in the back, like you, like you have some special thing in the back. I hate that too. You got any of that in the back? No, we don't keep things in the back. No. Right. (laughs) Why would we keep stuff in the back? We want you to buy it. What do you you make when you're off the clock? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But what was funny, but unique to this place too, is this was like a, so this was like almost 20 years ago. And I worked there when I was in college and a little bit after college. And, uh, like it was kind of like a local, I would say a local kind of chain, very, and there was a real kind of cult of personality around the guy who, who started it and who was my boss. And people would always come in and try to like drop his name as if I'm going to give them kind of like some kind of special treatment. Oh, but I mean, you know what, though? Was, they give you a little bit of power in that situation, though, because you can humiliate them by no selling it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I know Jeff that runs the place. And you're like, oh, really? What did you want to eat? You know, it, make sure you pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no selling I that is so cold. funny. Yeah. 
Yes, and I definitely got a kick out of that. And then uh, one of the things, too, about this place is it kind of like their claim to fame was it's the guy who was my boss had invented the concept of uh, of basically mixing stuff into ice cream like Cold Stone Creamery. Okay. And like doing it in front of the customers and making a big show of it. Okay. And that was oh, singing that songs? Was the worst part. What about singing songs? What's that? Singing songs too? No singing songs, okay. fortunately. No singing songs. I couldn't have, I mean, that was, would have been just like too far for me, but, um, but just, it it sucked because it was, there was a lot of just like being on display and people would be like, look what he's doing. Oh, can you believe this? Like, as if it was like the most (laughs) amazing thing in the world, like mixing some shit in some ice cream, you know, spreading ice cream on a cold block. Yeah, Exactly. And it would just be, and the thing is, and that's the thing is, the thing was set up, the whole setup of the place too, is because I used to also make the ice cream sometimes, like actually in the machines. And I'd be doing that and I'd be like right out in the open and people go, look what that, look what he's doing, you know? And, t- and uh, I'm the kind of person I kind of like to lay low and not uh, attract <laughs> yeah. attention to myself. So always feeling like I was on display was like very uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, you know, there's also, uh, Ohio is really big into ice cream places like Dairy Queen and like lots of mom and pop and local Dairy Queens whenever you drive, wherever you drive on like some long strip of road. Um, but they are supposed to be like this magical place where old people can come and like bubbly teenagers and college students, you know, will serve them happily, you know, and do a bang up job while they're at it, you know. <laughs> Like it's supposed to be this fantasy yeah. land for people. It is. It's for supposed to feel like the sock hop. Yeah. And yeah. it's like we're gonna go there, we're gonna see yeah. some teenagers fucking in poodle skirts and stuff. Meanwhile, the teenagers are listening to music that use like that talk about sucking ding dongs and stuff like that. And <laughs> doing opiates. <laughs> yeah, doing opiates and sucking ding dongs. <laughs> they're fucking scared of them and <laughs> they want to get out of there as quickly as possible. <laughs> they're Sagging their drawers. Well, what that, that's really because, because we actually had um satellite really like I mean like I, this was like early 2000s but I guess like satellite radio must have been around then because we had this satellite station which just was just like pipe in music and the boss specifically was like only play the 50s station you know like that <laughs> yeah. kind of music but oh god when, we were, when he wasn't around oh, we would just play whatever and I remember. I remember distinctly playing the song Heroin by the Velvet Underground on a CD once. So that was, uh, that wasn't really in the spirit of the, uh, <laughs> Wait. of what he was going for. While customers were in there? Uh, it probably was like late at night. Okay. It was probably toward the end of the show. It would be fucking, yeah. I would go Wait, nuts to Velvet Underground at a, at a, uh, like, the place is magical. The yeah. teens are having fun. <laughs> another thing too is that 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 you guys talked about during the pickle thing was um the when you'd be trying to close and you get those assholes who come in at the last minute yeah or uh the people that you're trying to kind of like you know you start pretty much putting up all the chairs and tables and shutting the lights off and everything and they just don't get it you know yeah yeah Uh, yeah i mean yeah i don't think people understand that a place has to close 
I think that's where the problem yeah. is. They think you just shut the door and leave. Yeah. That is what they think. That yeah. you finish up, you lock the door, you take off, and you're out of there. But it it is like yeah. you the fit the final fifteen minutes, the final half hour of them being open is to accommodate the people that got there before the half hour that they're open. Yeah, <laughs> is is the way that it works. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. not for yeah, new yeah. people, man. <laughs> no new exactly people. and you know that's like you like you guys said i think it's one of those things because i've you know i've worked a lot of food service jobs and that's definitely one of those things like maybe just some people who haven't worked them just don't really take that into account but it's like yeah you gotta like yeah and then i mean there's you know uh, you know also it goes both ways on that i mean i know a lot of horrible republicans that have been you know servers and stuff they just think that everybody it's like you know they've had customers come in at 955 and they had to serve them and uh they think everybody else should have to do it you know oh god yeah see i'm I mean, the thing is, I'm I'm already very good to people who are, uh, you know, service people, especially food service people, but especially ice. I mean, ice cream. When I go out for ice cream, I'm especially very understanding to to uh, to them, you know, and and tip especially well. And I almost want to say to them, I I understand what it's like, you know, but they would probably think it's weird that some middle aged right. guy is saying that to them. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Um, one one last thing um, is, so I ended up uh, getting fired from there for not being cheerful enough. <laughs> eventually, Jesus. So that's how uh, you're mixing yeah, ice cream. Guess, Come on, pep ups. Come on. There's nothing to frown about. You're mixing ice cream. You're making dreams happen. Yeah, it was funny though because because uh, what had happened was by the time I was there, I was. Uh, I, I had been there long enough to become a manager and there was somebody else who was a manager and we kind of had this little rivalry going on and I think we were paying, we were getting paid too much money and he couldn't keep both of us. So I think he used my kind of salty attitude as a pretext to get rid of me, but sure. <laughs> sure. you know, it was, uh, it was, but it was definitely, uh, yeah, it was, it was, a experience. And so I, I just felt like I had to call in and share that and it's, it felt good to get it off my chest. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Hey, thanks yeah, for calling. We love to we love to hear that stuff. All right, man. Take uh, take care, guys. Have a good take one. care. Have a good night. Well, he was getting a Brett Payne treatment there. What? Yeah, a kid was yelling at him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me, Dad. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care. <laughs> couldn't care less what you're doing right now. I need to speak to you. And it's the most important thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's never that important. Though. Oh, yeah. so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Having a kid is, you know, it's the hardest thing a person can do. It puts you through the ringer. Yeah. You know, I seriously thought about uh, recording myself doing like 15 minutes, maybe five minutes of just saying, okay, like just going, okay, okay. <laughs> okay now okay now yeah they're not good conversationalists at all no kid. no they're just like meandering like crazy with nothing they're not and saying nothing ever the finale is always is like or i think it was like that you know the, the finale is just real shaky i took gwen uh, gwen drove me today she she got her temps so we've been uh letting her drive Fun. She's driven three times since she's got them. Tight. Had them for over a week. Okay, that's good. That's good she's always like, out. oh, I'm nervous to drive. And I'm like, why don't you drive me to the store? 
She's like, yeah. I don't want to drive with you. And I'm like, why? Oh, yeah, I'm not that scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, you've been in the most accidents in the house. I played it so cool while she was driving that now she's like, I'll drive with you anytime. Really? Because I kind of just sat in a seat next to her and was like, yeah, man, you know, if you got to turn, just she turns. She's got some wide turns. Uh-huh. We're talking about some fucking real whoppers right, right. on those turns. And I'm like, take somebody out. I'm like, you know what you should do is fucking turn more than you think you have to turn. Right. She did that. And she was like, wow, that was a really good hint. And I was like, yeah, I know. Although it is tough. I got to say this to parents who, who may someday teach their kid how to drive or who are getting there really is hard. We're, We're not teachers naturally if you're not a teacher then knowing how to pass on knowledge is very hard yeah and knowing how to pass on the knowledge to drive is as hard as teaching somebody how to walk because it is so fucking second nature to you yeah like i was trying to explain like this car feels like my body when i'm sitting in that seat like, I fucking am acutely aware yeah. of the size of this car, where it goes, how fast it goes when I hit the pedal, what it does, what it sounds like, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I know all that instinctively. And, like, how to pass that knowledge on to somebody else where they're like, I'm afraid to drive on the freeway. And I'm like, driving on a freeway is the easiest driving you can do, really. Yeah. You know? It really yeah. is the easiest driving you can do. There's no stop signs, no lights, no nothing. You just drive. Right. The getting on and off, you know, is Purity. can be nerve wracking. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's also, it's a matter of time. It's something that you can't really mm-hmm. teach. You just got to try it a whole bunch. Yeah. That's what I've been telling her. It's just like, she just doesn't want to drive on any roads with any cars. And I just keep saying like, dude, you live downtown. You live in downtown of a city. Like- Everywhere you drive is always going to have cars. So you might as well just be used to driving right. around cars because yeah. they're always going to fucking be there for your whole entire life. <laughs> Every day of your life, you're, you're never going to get a time unless you only drive on Christmas where there's not people out driving. <laughs> you know, My neighbors are going off lately. Partying? Well, they did party last week, but now they just fight every day. Oh, no. There's yelling. Oh, no. Every day now. The police. Oh, no. Cruising around like all kind of hollering. And then this other guy, this guy next door to me who listeners of the POD cast might know as the guy who uh, uh, his office is across from my office. (laughs) We stare each other in the eyes while I record. And I record the podcast at midnight, the POD cast at midnight pretty much every time. And he's up doing work too. And we're just sitting across from each other like... There's no shades drawn or I keep the curtains open because the vent... It's a small room, and if the vents open, the heat just fucking floods in the room, and I'll pop the window open a little bit to get some cool air in there, and we're just kind of sitting across from each other, and I'm like, you know, I when I work at home, I, I work at between midnight and three in the morning, and I am like really afraid this guy's going to go in there and J.O. I am like absolutely terrified. Well, he's going to know you're there. 
I don't know if he sees me, but I really? do think he did see me once walk in there in my underwears, which is really humiliating well, that to me. Well, the windows, yeah. I, I used just, to live my old place. I lived real close in the windows, and th there would be lots of times where you just have to like, woo, just yeah. jump, jump across. And I see them jump across too. So it's just a flash of of lingerie or nudery. As far as I can tell, <laughs> as far as I can tell, this guy is a young man. Okay. 20s. Okay. Nobody else lives there. Single. Wow. Successful. Probably never even had people over okay. that I can think of. Yeah. He goes out and gets in his car and plays music really loud cool. and just lets it run at all hours of any time. I, I have heard him doing it when I get home from doing this call-in show. He's been sitting out in his car, just cranking music, car running. Really? And I like am just the whole everything in me is trying to figure it out. Like I just, it's the most curious. That's his like I've been in quite a long time. Right closet. That's like his go away. It might be the pandemic, but I, yeah. I, it might be the pandemic for me that I am just all the time thinking like. Can he like listen to the music inside the house? Why is he in the car? Why is the car running? Why is he not in his home enjoying music? Car music sounds good, man. If you don't have a good setup at home, the car hits hard. It's a, such it's, a confined space. I love listening to music in the car. I do too. I guess. It's just a very odd thing to do. You got to admit that it's like, what are you doing out there, dude? What's going on out there? Just What's the release, reason man. behind this? Just, I'm so into his shit. I don't even look. The only time I've ever looked him in the face is when we're both working at the same time. Yeah. And I've never looked at him outside. I didn't even know what he looked like until recently. But man, I'm fascinated with this car oh, thing. Right. I well, can't stop thinking about it. Okay. Well, we'll get into more of that later. Okay. So thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, fellas. What's up? Howdy. Hey. Del from, from North Carolina. Can you believe this guy in his uh, car? <laughs> Just now I asking all the callers. Me. No, I can hear you. I just said, can you believe this guy in his car? My neighbor that we were just talking about. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> so I, actually, funny. It makes me think of uh, Mike Hale from Your Kickstarter Suck. Yep. Oh yeah, uh, he he talks about his neighbor that leaves like the fucking Rolling Stones on all the time. Just like pulls up outside of his house and just blasts the Rolling Stones. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Mike has. I've heard him tell that yeah, story I've heard it too. I was thinking that's who I was thinking of as well. I gotta text Mike and be like, let's find out why this guy does. It. This guy shuts his doors though. Everything's shut. No is, windows is open. Is he hot boxing or something? I don't think so, dude. I think he's, he's a fitness a moment, guy. Man. Like, I he's guess. Just, you know, he's like in his temple. It just know? feels like you should be able to do anything you want when you live alone inside your place. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't have to escape. <laughs> it's boring, though, man. If you, I mean, okay. you need a lot of... I mean, I don't know. I don't think a couple rooms is enough sometimes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just... Yeah, you gotta switch it up sometimes. 
I just I have places to go to. I don't know. I might be going in my. Well, I guess if I lived alone, though, you're right. That's what you're dance saying. alone. Yeah, you would. I guess I would have. I would have a room in the house that replicated the car experience. <laughs> yeah, I would just make like a sound room. This is how bad things have gotten. Pandemic for the. I would never notice another human being lived is alive before the pandemic, and now <laughs> it's like well, yeah, it teaches us all about compassion. And now it's like now we're yeah. this many months into it, and I'm like eagle eye nosy neighbor now. We're like, what's this guy? I want to. I'm gonna knock on the window if I see him tonight. Okay. Hey, tap tap tap. What are you doing so, in there? Smoking loud. What goes on in there? You should join him. <laughs> just sit hey, in the passenger hey, seat. On, wait, you hear this shit? What are yeah, you trying? No, are you trying right like, now? Can I? Have, can I? Yeah. <laughs> I used to sit in my friend's car and listen to loud music. Though we used to do that, he had like a system. This yeah. guy, it just sounds like regular okay car stuff. But uh, what's going on tonight? So uh, I've been having a crazy ass Christmas season, guys. Okay, um, those are fun. I, I uh, do, are you? Do you know what Bucky's is? The oh, gas yeah. station company. Love Bucky's. Oh yeah. Okay, so Bucky's. I live in a town. Uh, with like less than a thousand people, and I, the town sits on the side of the I eighty five forty corridor in North Carolina. Okay, and uh, Bucky's is trying to come into my town and build the world's largest gas station on a protected watershed that supplies seven point three thousand uh, residents with clean drinking water. What the? Oh, fuck? Bucky's now. Bucky's is bad. Yeah, I think. I'm gonna have to put X's yeah, on all my Bucky's. Um, my Bucky's well, uh, fanny pack, my tie dye Bucky sweatshirt. It's all going to the waste bin. <laughs> so they, um, I'm one of the lead organizers uh, in a group called Voice, uh, a Voice for Eflin and Orange, um, and we have been working our asses off. Uh, trying to get uh, the or if we sit in Orange County and like this is going to affect all of Orange County and like we're trying to mobilize people and basically like no one knew about it because like I live two miles away from the development zone and I wasn't even allowed to join the uh, c community information uh, meeting about Bucky's uh, imagine because if, if you didn't I, I just want to say I think it's wild to go to a protected a, a protected waterway and say I want to build the world's largest gas station. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> it seems dude. like the least important okay, so thing. Me, yeah, like let me put this into perspective for you. Um, in a ten mile radius, okay, there's over twenty gas stations with over two hundred. Uh, gas nozzles and that's not including diesel this gas station will have 120 gas nozzles will oh. never get used they'll never um, get used either that's not a fucking exactly thing. that will never be used it also will be shutting uh the road i live on is going to be terminated which means that it like goes out to this connector and then uh it's how trucks access <laughs> into the town beside eflin um and that that's going to be impossible for truckers to use. Uh, they're also going to permanently shut down 
uh, an exit in Eflin, like one of the main exits where like all these small businesses sit um, that are going to just like totally be fucking destroyed. Um, God damn. Like there's a, there's a local gas station that literally uh, never has a fucking line outside of it. Um, and they're going to go out of business because like Bucky's has been sued so many times um, for going for like predatory pricing. Like what they do is they go into like these small towns, they build their gargantuan fucking gas stations and then uh they put they like drop their prices super low you know so they put all the gas stations around them out of business and then they just rack them back up to market price once they've put everyone else out of business oh bucky's no they've literally been sued for indentured servitude by a texas court whoa that's outrageous they, I mean, and yeah, all I really saw was that they had beef jerky there. That was like the big thing when yeah, I went well, there. So like there's, there's all these people, like there's definitely more people against this than for this. Um, and, but the people that are for this are like, I mean, they're who you would assume would be like parading, like a giant, the world's largest gas station. Um, but they're, they're always like, but you know, they got super clean bathrooms and they're going to have a wall of jerky. <laughs> and it's like, dude, it's a fucking watershed that is going to like create a traffic crisis <laughs> in this small town. And like, um, they have a lower rating than Amazon and Walmart on like employee review sites. It's, I had no idea. Bucky's. It's really, like it's, I went to a Bucky's yeah, when we were yeah. on tour in Texas. And uh, I got to say, not that impressed. I mean, here's the thing. I've gone by a Sheets that I think probably had 50 pumps. And there was I've never seen one that had even half of the pumps full. It just isn't something. You, there's no need to have 250 gas pumps ever. There's none. I can't imagine yeah. it. And, and so, like, they, they're like, Acting like uh, this is going to be like Eflin needs jobs and Orange County needs jobs. And uh, what they don't mention is that like these jobs are like, yes, they pay $15 an hour, um, but also like (laughs) they uh, are 10 hour shifts with no breaks. They call their lunch breaks, quote, moments, lunch moments where you have to you like have to be working or, and you can't sit down ever. There's no employee discounts and people have been fired for showing up like one minute late to work because they got in a wreck or some shit. Holy shit. Bucky's you're evil. I, that, that lunch moment, I got to read into that. I I never heard of nothing like that. I never, I, I, I mean, I'm, I, it's nuts. Cause like I'm a musician and I was actually on a cross country tour to California uh, in the in March, and then Disney World closed, and that's when I knew shit was getting real. So I moved back here, and my life has been consumed with this fucking gas station. Well, that's fine. Um, <laughs> Something to do. It's a righteous but, uh, fight. It's a righteous, just cause. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. It's just funny that it's even a conversation like Orange County says that they're like the most progressive county in the state. Um, 
it's been a blue county for years and you know like the orange county board of commissioners has made all these promises to like reduce carbon emissions by 100 percent by 2050 and it's like if you're gonna say all of that then like what are you what are you even talking about with this gas station like why why is this even a discussion you know Jesus, I'm reading the glass door now. You have me on Bucky's glass door, Brett. It is. It says five-minute breaks in an eight-hour shift. No breaks. These are the cons. No breaks. Only five-minute moment to snack on something. Oof. Only one short 10-minute break and no lunch in an eight-hour day. No breaks. Sometimes you get eight minutes to eat and uh, no sitting at all during your eight-hour shift. Ugh. No sitting at all. Yeah. Bucky yeah. seems bad. No, Bucky's does not seem like a place you'd want. Hell no. And there's like reviews that say some of the reviews are like, yeah, there's like notes on the back of the registers that say, remember who pays you. What? It's me, Bucky. Get to work. Bucky's evil, man. (laughs) Woo, buddy. Disrespect. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at this as crazy. Yeah, so we have a we have a petition um that has like let me check. We've got like 5200 signatures right now. Cool. Um and uh, if you go to www.voice the number 4 com, you can find out literally everything. We have all our information is cited from either Bucky's or the county. Okay. And so like there's some real insidious stuff going on with the county planning department. Um so Mebbin is the town right beside Eflin on the that it sits in Alamance County that's right beside Orange County. Um uh-huh. and the like largest development plan ever for this area was drawn up by the Orange County pl- planning director and he didn't take it to the Orange County uh board of commissioners, even though three fourths of the development sits in orange County, he went to Mebane city council. Okay. And Mebane city council was like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like go away, <laughs> like go back, go, go talk to orange County. And so like, that's who's like basically shoving Bucky's down uh, the pipe here. And it's just, it's getting to be a massive ordeal. Um, and like, if it happens, like it, it will straight up ruin. I mean, like this is my hometown. Uh, I live right on the Eno River, which feeds into the Noose River Basin. Um, Sounds magical. And like, yeah. And there's been no, there's been no environmental studies done. Um, there's been no economic studies done. The only traffic study that's been done has been done by Bucky's. Holy shit! Um, so it's just. Yeah, so we had, uh, there was another massive development in, in Orange County, and they raised, like, I think we've raised, like, $4,000, and they raised, like, $25,000, okay. and they only got, like, 48 people to speak, but we got we got 111 people to speak, so they're having to push the hearing on this back to, like, four separate meetings. Nice. Um, three of which is just on public comment. So Bucky's is is not happy. <laughs> no, I, I would great. imagine not. Keep making them mad. This sounds. I mean, I 
I ca- I didn't know Bucky's was this bad. I mean, you look at uh, uh Gla- if you go to Glassdoor and you look at like a lot of people like they will approve of the CEO of the company even if they don't recommend it to a friend. And this place they have a 2.9 stars on Glassdoor and uh 42% approve of the CEO and 48% would recommend to a friend. It's like this is one of the worst ratings I think I've ever seen. It's yeah. uh that's yeah, wild. Like, how do you do worse than Jeff Bezos? Yeah. This is worse. This is for sure worse than uh uh Wal- than uh Amazon. Cuz I we looked at a lot of these for the TV show. And these are some of the worst mm-hmm. stuff I've ever seen. So Yeah, we might slide Bucky's in if we can if we Yeah, yeah I'm looking for the spreadsheet yeah. right now. <laughs> do it. Um, well, thanks so for like, calling. there's yeah there's a ton of just just real quick uh there's a ton of uh different websites about their employee reviews and one of them uh is simply hired and it says what tips or advice would you give to someone interviewing at bucky's uh and the two comments are quote get out as soon as possible unless you enjoy being treated like garbage and the other is quote run like as fast as you can. They're all criminals. Jeez. God, God, this damn. sounds brutal. I, I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I'm putting this in the TV plan actually right now, so I, we don't forget about it. Right. I, that's sick. Well, I appreciate you guys. If anyone wants to find out more, they can go to www.voice the number four Eflin. That's E F L A N D. Uh, and we have a, if you click on take action, you can find out how to get involved, uh, sign our petition, do all sorts of good stuff like that. Cause you know, I mean, <laughs> it's funny too, because we have support, like we're, we're not like a political organization. I mean, I'm definitely far left of everyone else that's working in this organization, but like we literally have Trump supporters that are like, yeah, this is bullshit. Like fuck buckies. Yeah. Um, yeah that's good. So, so it's kind of a cool moment. Um, it sucks that it came out of some really bad shit happening, but right. But yeah, still, I mean, you know, it has to be done and, uh, yeah, a good way to, to figure out, you know, maybe, you know, what can be done after this or what kind of other things you have in common that, that they can get behind as far as like workers rights go and stuff. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, uh, a moment for like kind of, realizing and and relating on a class struggle basis yeah absolutely absolutely i mean you tell people that they they give you a lunch moment they're gonna be like that's yeah fuck that yeah i don't know anybody would be okay with that (laughs) yeah exactly and they've been like really bad about covid too there's like a bunch of articles and videos of bucky's during covid and it's not looking too good. Oh man, this place—the no sitting thing—is wild. I I've never heard of that. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you guys. Love what you do. Thank you. Have a you good too. night. This Bucky's—I'm yeah, fascinated now I know, with this place. I can't place. believe it. I know. I'm just so let down by Such Bucky's. Such a magical place. I was told I had to go suffering. Yeah, that I little was... beaver is grinding people up into bones. I know that beaver looks mean to me now. Yeah. Like I'm looking at the beaver and now I'm like, he looks mean. Yeah. Beavers use those teeth to bite. Yeah. To tear flesh from the bone. (laughs) He looks like he's coming to get me. Fuck that beaver. 
Yeah, we went there. Uh, uh, we went there when we were touring in Texas because everybody said, uh, y'all go to Bucky's. Y'all go yeah. to Bucky's. Y'all go to Bucky's. So I was like, we got to go to this Bucky's. Right. And we stopped there. And, uh, you know, I just got a drink and it was got great. back in the car. It was better than Flying J or Pilot. It was, it was, um, it had a lot of interesting places to just walk around. Lots of dumb shit to look at, you know? Yeah, you just didn't know it was evil. You know no, what I, I mean? You're in there and you're like, they're grinding their employees to a nub. <laughs> but yeah, you, you're like, a wall of jerky, I guess. Yeah, they make a beaver like bite you or nip you if, yeah. if you sit down. They probably have employee jerky, like the jerky's made out of some of the old yes, used employees. The, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're jerky now. Bucky says you're jerky. You're out of here. <laughs> Throw him in the grinder. All right, one more. Then we'll go and break a Rooney. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Connor. I'm calling from Philadelphia. What's up, Connor? What's up, Connor? How's it going? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're okay. Uh, what's up tonight? So I have, uh, I do have a Christmas bonus story, but uh, I'm gonna save that for the end because I have like a shitty work story that would go well with it. Okay. So the company I work for is like a recruiting agency. Where I work at a place through a recruiting agency and my recruiter called me the other day. He was like, Hey man, I'm just calling to let you know, like, I don't know if anybody, if any of your coworkers have been like talking about compensation with you, but like, if you do that, it's like a breach of your contract and we can like fire you. Just don't what? talk about how much you're getting paid by workers. Okay. And I'm like, what, like what? And I was like, you know, that's illegal, right? And he was like, yeah, well, you know, we're just trying to keep, like, a good atmosphere and keep everything <laughs> yeah. moving slowly. Yeah, we do and, illegal uh, stuff here, know. too. We do illegal stuff, too, like this. <laughs> yeah. We're just rocking and rolling and hanging out, not talking about our pay at all. It's yeah. great in here. <laughs> Yeah, it's nutty. If, if you want to, uh, here's the and, thing. You want to uh, talk to your fellow employees. You talk to me. I relay the message to them. I'm the intermediary <laughs> for the communication for everybody here. Nothing kills the vibe. The vibe is just dead when we start talking about how much we make. Because then people start comparing it. You don't want that. Yeah. People Come wondering on. if they start valuing themselves more. Yeah. Jeez. It's, 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 really, then the company will go down. We got pool table here. You ever see the pool table? <laughs> you don't work for it's a pool table. Yeah. You don't work for a pool table company, do you? No, I don't. Oh, so they're they're evil and they don't give you the uh like like a beer fridge so you can have exactly one beer while you're at work. One, yep. One cerveza. <laughs> All about the company atmosphere. Yeah. But um so I uh, I ended up talking to my coworkers about how much we're making uh -huh. and uh found out incidentally I'm making like two dollars two dollars less than everybody else. There we go. Fuck. And uh Bummer. You're such a bummer. Why are you being such a bummer bringing that up? <laughs> well, listen to this. So, 
for the Christmas bonus this year, we got an email and it was like, all right, we really appreciate you guys for all the effort you've been putting through in these trying and unusual times. So treat yourself to a meal on us. Here's a $10 gift card for the restaurant of your choice. Okay. Well, it's the restaurant of your choice, but yeah, you can't give, you can't get Burger King for $10 now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Ted is a little skimpy. Yeah. The restaurant of your choice. The restaurant of my choice doesn't have anything for $10. (laughs) (laughs) The rest. Yeah, so. uh, Go ahead. So, uh, I guess I kind of just want to close it out. I just have a question. I need some advice. Um, Like, how do you ask for a raise? Like, I've never negotiated a raise, and I feel like that's probably something that other street fighters would find useful to like know how to do and negotiate that with your boss. Okay. Do you have any advice about that? Here's the thing. I'm terrified to do it. Like, like I, I got to tell you that you're already braver than me by talking about money with the other employees. Cause when the boss would have told me that I, I did do that a few times, like, you know, tell people what, what I make and ask them what they make. And one guy did end up getting a raise out of that, but you were specifically told not to do that. So it might be different. I've never asked for a raise in my life. I've always felt like I I just felt like that. I was so beat down, I guess, by the, the environment of the jobs and, and the work, the way work happens in the United States. I was so like kind of beat down by that, that I saw asking for a raise as unfair in a weird way. And I just never did it. It it makes it, it would, I would sweat. My palms would start sweating immediately. If I thought about asking for a raise, but Brett might have some, um, I would say that the first advice is, um, do you feel like you deserve it? I mean, you have to believe it. Uh, if you go in there, um, that you've been doing your job and you've been doing the, doing what they want. Um, have you been, how long have you been there? Um, a few months now, uh, our contract just got extended into June. So I'm a contractor, so it's not even like real employment, but so our contract just got extended and I think a bunch of other people did successfully negotiate raises. Okay. So, so then what you need to do is you need to, to, to look at everything that you've ever done as like a win or a success. People want, people want you to get things done. So you need to just go in there and say, Hey, uh, I know it's time to renew contracts again. I, this is our third contract or second contract we're doing. Um, you know, the, the other ones that I've worked on. I was successful in this way. Just explain like a couple ways that you were successful and that you got things done for them. Those moments, if you know, uh, that you, you got things done, just remind them and say, you know, I think I, I, uh, provide, you know, a level of service now that's $2 more than what I'm making. Something like that. And, you know, I think just from my side, like hearing hearing that other people make the two dollars more if you have the same level 
of work, it seems like they're just willing to give everybody two dollars more. It yeah. seems like that. It it's, seems like uh, uh, it's a code you have to unlock. It's I mean that you have to. It's a hack. You have to ask for it. They're you know they don't really care. They they honestly probably don't care who you are. They want to pay you the least amount possible, but that you now know they're willing to pay two dollars more. I mean, and you, you do the thing that they pay two dollars more for everybody else. So you you're worth it at this point. You just have to show that you probably. I think the reason you probably make less is because you asked for less when you got the job, because that's, that's mm. been my experience is like, I worked as a, when I worked as a roofer, the guy that me and this friend of mine both got hired at the same time, he was making $10 an hour and I was making $9 an hour. Cause I asked for $9 an hour and he asked for $10 an hour. And it was sort of the same thing at, at a few other jobs where it was like, uh, uh, the cable company started at $10 an hour, but I asked for nine fifty because I didn't have any experience and they hired me on a nine fifty. Like, <laughs> go gladly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like, uh, uh, it probably doesn't come down to your work at all. It probably really comes down to you. You ask for less than those other people ask for when you originally got the job. And that might, that might bolster your case even. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, you know, you just want to show you're confident and you're confident that what you're doing is worthy of it and just say it and let them decide. I mean, you know, and then if they say no or whatever, but, uh, you know, this seems like a pretty simple one. They then they can say no. I mean, the they can you say know, it's not in the budget, and you just say okay, I respect that. And the next time you keep asking, and you just let them know, I'm going to keep asking for two dollars every time I work with you, or you know, I guess. Yeah, I'll tell you a little story from this week. I was having like a ton of panic attacks. I was like really flipping out a lot, and uh, uh, I couldn't figure out how to end them. But I knew that I really wanted to get off of one of my medications. And like, I, so like on Friday, I called my psych doctor and said, I want to get off this medication. And, and, and I just left a message, didn't even talk to anybody. And when I hung up the phone, I felt better a hundred percent. I was just completely even keeled. It was the best I'd felt in two weeks. And like, all it took was, was asking the question to bring me back from from the ledge like i was really having a tough time and i think that like you might be nervous about this you might be nervous to ask for a raise but i think when you walk out of the office no matter what the answer is you're going to be like i asked for a fucking raise you know and then the next time you do it it'll be easier to do yeah. because you know that you can do it and if somebody says no they just say no they're not going to think about it a week later you yeah. know they might think about it for a week like oh i can't believe he asked for a raise right. But like after a week, they're just going to be like, whatever, you know, he asked for a raise. It's like asking somebody out. You do just have to do it and try and you might foolishly do something. And it's just a really funny story to tell your friends later on. Uh, like there's just that's how it's going to be. But uh, my wife is a very good negotiator and she always just has bullet points. Uh, she's a big she just has prepared thing. You know, you don't have to take you don't have to let them tell you listen to whatever they say you go in there and you lay out your case on why you think you deserve it and then ask ask for it tell them you're you're you can wait you know a week or something or whoever they need to talk to you understand but uh you want to start that process yeah i think oh, you yeah. can do it yeah i think you got this one thank you i think so too it's uh 
Definitely appreciate the counsel. And that's a crummy Christmas bonus, I gotta tell you. You you got a high level crummy Christmas what was bonus. It? Ten dollar gift certificate to a restaurant oh. of your choice. Oh no! But they didn't know. No, they said they're going to buy him a meal. They said they were going to buy you a meal, and it turned out to be a ten dollar gift card. Yeah, that's a crummy one. Yeah, that's a real crummy up. one. I think. Uh, thanks for calling. Have a good night. Yeah. Thank you. Break time. Hey, take it easy, guys. All right. Yeah. I mean, I um, I think when we were, if I was going to have a real just fun meal, uh. When we went to Fat Burger in LA, they had a vegan milkshake that was nine dollars, <laughs> and that I that's not a meal, you know. I, I that's what I would want with like a hamburger and fries and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So ten dollars. I mean, who? What is that? The, that's the, like the, the cheese down payment. That's a down payment on the meal, I guess. Yeah, when you get Shake Shack, the cheeseburger is ten dollars, and then the next part. Right. The sides <laughs> and the drink actually also cost money. Right. You know, and that's, that's a cheap place. Right. No, we're talking fast food. I mean, yeah, I'm talking greasy just burger down the road. Yeah. Like right. you said, Burger King, man, if you're getting impossible whoppers, they're seven ninety five. Yep. Yeah, you can't get a ten dollar meal anywhere, them lying motherfuckers. Yikes. All right. Well, this week we have some music for you. Uh coming from the future will be confusing. Well, ain't that the truth? Uh, they wrote in, said, I know Brett likes music. I do. If you wouldn't mind listening to Oscura Remix or something, and if you don't hate it, follow me. I think I did follow you. I know you must get this a lot. It would mean a lot to me. And this is some side project. Well, give us your best, okay? But I like what you do, and validation from you would warm my heart and all that silly stuff. Take care, guys. Glad you're escaping the normal soul-crushing economy. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Sending in future will be confusing. Uh, we'll let the listeners decide what they think. Let us know in the chat uh, and, and we'll be back. We're street fight call in show. We're going to get to you. If you're on the queue, we got enough time.
They have stolen my girl. They whisked her away in a black limousine. And that was the last of her I'd ever seen. Cause they knew that her heart was the purest of pure. Through unbearable suffering she would endure. When she told of the lies and the hatred they spread. And how blood of blind children was used in their bread. So she opened her mouth to the cold lizard tongue. That was speaking in code of the work to be done. To make sure that the truthful are made to look mad. And the starving fed ashes for which they are glad. Cause her brain was a camera they just had to look And they sensed she was wise from the pictures she took Which were not unlike anything you've ever seen back thank you for listening to street fight radio this is the call-in show uh, we have had a wonderful show so far lots of wonderful people called in with good stories thank you for fighting the good fight street fighting man we fucking appreciate it it's wild guys gals non-binary pals thanks for tuning in we want to hear from all of you and what's going on with your work situations the bonuses this year how things are working out uh that was the future will be confusing which was uh, great very interesting you know jeff mangum eat your heart out uh definitely very uh artistic and uh wonderful sounds and uh music good stuff i liked it uh gwen's doing a report on the 33 and a third book about in the aeroplane over the sea interesting okay well that's, well, a, that's a good idea she needed a short non-fiction book and i said i can help you with that and right. i sat down and uh i said what about this you probably like this yeah i tried to get her to read meet me in the bathroom because it's a bunch of bands she likes right but it's too long she said it's too long yeah, yeah. 600 pages but it's an oral history so it's it's yeah one of those still intimidating sometimes i guess yeah i, guess. I like them though yeah i've read a lot of them those oral histories are great the music oral histories are fucking excellent yeah i love reading that shit all right let's get these calls let's do let's the get this bread thanks Re for calling street fight who are we talking to tonight uh this is this is jack nancy calling from montana Oh, uh, big and love you guys. You you put some of my writing in the in the alcohol thing, and I I really appreciate it, and I appreciate the community. Thanks for doing it. Yeah. Um, 
Montana. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I had I have a couple quick things to go through, and I want to go to the, through them fast so other people can call in. Uh, the first one is Brian. You're cracking me up earlier. But, uh, it, well, both of you are cracking me up earlier about the difference between being angry and being sensitive. Um, and I, I'm a, I'm a person who grew up getting in a lot of fist fights with other other boys, and uh, I, I always I always find that like the the most passionately I'd I'd tr- throw a punch at someone I'd also simultaneously be crying <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and uh, I, I I too am a, a person who needs to go on walks and uh, is constantly trying to get out of panic attacks and I I think that that just that really made me laugh um, good the, the I've been wanting I've been wanting to call in for a while. Um, because I, a couple months ago, you guys, Brian, you brought up working at Chuck E. Cheese and, and getting those, that weird fucking info, info training. Um, and I, I worked at a, uh, a Safeway or what was a Safeway here in Montana many years ago and went through a similar kind of, training on they they put me in like the closet in the back of the store with with like all the bleach and the chemicals that I had to clean once I was trained I would have to clean the, the floors with uh-huh. um and they put me on this old ass computer and it, it was like I think like 12 hours a day for like three days Fuck. that I had to yeah Whoa. do this do this insane training that was just like on this computer that was it was like it was like driver's ed type uh shit and uh and it's all you know like the whole it seemed like the whole lesson was just like how to racially profile people um but anyway I've been like I've been wanting to bring that up with you guys because it, it, it like that shit's so prevalent, and I've been lucky enough to work in bars and restaurants since then. I, I got my ass fired for sleeping through a shift. Uh, <laughs> that happens, you that. know. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's natural. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people get tired. Um, what the hell? Yeah, man. It's like, I'm sorry. My, sh- my shift on offer was uh, 12 a.m. to 12 Wait, yeah, 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. That's a that's a shitty shift. Wow, that is um, the whole entire. They took a whole day away from you, like just the whole thing. Yeah. What what do you do in the in between? <laughs> yeah, I always wonder. Like, I I I always remember those shifts where it was like I'm coming in here at 11 o'clock in the morning. Like I remember at Chuck E. Cheese, we had to do 11 to 8 shifts and on the weekends and it was like the only eight hour days i worked and i just remember being like it's the morning when i get here and it's the night when i leave here <laughs> like I, I miss a whole yeah. period of the day right. and then tomorrow i have to come here in the morning again right right there's, there's like the like and i i i i am lucky i'm in school now uh i I I got lucky enough to have a good boss that got me on unemployment from a 
state I'm not going to mention that I'm not living in anymore. Um, but, uh, I, it's shocking to me that like it, it felt more like egalitarian to have like 4am bartender, uh, uh, hours than the ones that I found at like a working for a corporation. Um, yeah, which is I, make me laugh. And then the other, sorry, you, you go ahead. Yeah. We've, we've talked about that with the small business tyrant thing sometimes where it's like, sometimes working for a small business suits people a little better than working for a big company. I, I think it's like different types of people work for these places, you know, where it's like, if you can work till 4am and you don't mind dealing with the person who owns the place, then by all means, that sounds great. Uh, uh, I'm a big corporation guy. I, I found it easier to work at big corporations. <laughs> yeah. I, which is, which is totally fair, man. I, I, I think it kind of goes both ways. I, I, I mean, it's like the joke I make to myself is like, people are like oh, a lot of people who maybe do other stuff than, uh, maybe don't haven't had a relationship to the service industry. Like I have, or like, Oh my God, like, how do you, how do you count money at five in the morning? It's like, I don't know. Fucking like Safeway never closes. At least the bar closes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's going to be some time when you're not at work. Yeah. Um, but I, so the part, I, I'll let you guys go in a, a sec, but part of why I, I got the energy and the, the timing worked out to call in was because we, you mentioned you guys, I think on your show on Wednesday, we're talking about drug tests. And I was listening to that today and, uh, I, that same Safeway job I, I applied to and I met someone who also worked at that Safeway and I was 18 and I needed a job in town because I took out fucking massive student loans for the college that I ended up dropping out of, ironically. But, uh, I, I, I failed the drug test. And uh, I, I, I guess the person who's probably like the HR, this very kind woman, I, I hope she's doing well, um, like looked at my failed drug test and just was like, what do you like? What's your deal? And I was like, look, like I've smoked a lot of weed in my life. I smoked weed like two weeks ago. Um, I, and she's like, OK, and just just like scrubbed it and like put into the computer that I, that I passed the drug test. Oh, yeah. It was like, like a really a moment that like a true beautiful moment of solidarity from a a fellow working person. And I, I thought that that you reminded me of that moment in my life. And I, I always think of that person. Um, that's I'll, uh, what, what I'll let you, you guys go. I, go ahead. What'd you say? I said, what's your deal? Yeah, what's your deal, man? What's your deal? You a problem? What are you doing? How are much do you, you like drugs? You doing illegal fighting or anything? You doing, you running guns? <laughs> no, no. These days I'm, I'm mostly, I'm mostly just hanging out trying to become a teacher so I can teach English in public high schools because you need a fucking degree to do that. Nice. Um, and uh, hanging out in the great state of Montana, it's a really good place. Um, awesome. The only the only plug I would plug is uh, 
like whatever is rad, whatever like movement of solidarity is going on in any listener's hometown. Um, Cause that's the most important shit in my opinion. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys. You guys rock. You uh, have a good night. Uh, and thank you. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for publishing some of my writing then. Appreciate oh, it. no problem. Have no a good problem. night. Have a good one. Peace. You too. All right. What's your deal? What's your deal? Hey. What's your deal, Buckeye? You do drugs? What's your fucking deal, dude? You're like, what? Are you going to be high all the time here? Is that the thing? You're a high guy? Is that what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you're a guy that gets high? How often? What, what happens? How what often? How bad's your habit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, Brett and Brian. It's Adam uh, calling from the Bronx. How are you guys doing? Great. How are you, Adam? Good. Uh, don't have a holiday bonus story from this year. As such, I'll come back to past the holiday work stories in a moment. But I'm a civil public defender in the Bronx. Um, among other issues that I work with clients on is uh, my um, organization as part of the um right to counsel law in New York city that represents tenants in eviction proceedings. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, I think it was the first caller earlier that was calling in from Winston-Salem, uh, was just kind of, uh, really got under my skin a little bit about the, the landlord, like seeing him on the local news. Um, yeah, obviously I can't give legal advice about that, but, um, you know, if there are laws that prohibit landlord harassment of tenants, um, I hope that's something that if, if need be that they avail themselves of. Um, as you guys may know, you know, we're pushing for, uh, not only a continued moratorium on evictions, although that has been lifted and there have been some evictions that have been carried out here, um, but to get the legislature to enact real rent relief a real like rent forgiveness program there was this joke of a thing that folks could apply for and it's you know basically like all tried and true democratic means tested programs of you know like demonstrating basically that you're um you know meet their strict criteria of of hardship and it's been a complete failure but we're hoping to get something more significant passed yeah um that's great as far as uh holidays past i don't think that i ever had a bonus as such um it's uh I'm a little a bit late to the game uh kind of joining your guys program no i never got a ham uh i'm i'm in new york now as i mentioned but grew up in ohio near youngstown you guys know the uh sparkle market chain i don't know if they have that as far down as columbus i don't think so I've, yeah. I've never heard yeah, of that familiar. it's like a um you know, like our competitor was like Giant Eagle, if they have that, which yeah. was like sort of a, a bigger conglomerate. But, um, I mean, that was the first job that I had, and it didn't occur to me that in other states with like more protective labor laws, that if, for example, that you worked on Sunday, you got time and a half, not a dollar extra per hour. So, you know, my first gig was $5.15, and on Sundays, you got $6.15. Um, and the holiday thing was that in order to make sure that the shelves were stocked and everything was faced, uh, that, you know, you could 
basically like working overnight shift for for extra money. Um, but there was never any bonus or it was like a, I guess like kind of a franchise thing. And the sparkle that I worked for was owned by these guys who had like comically evil, uh, names for grocery store owners, Vincent Fury, junior and senior Senior was like an older guy that used to like drive a golf cart from the office to the store. Oh, um, you know, and junior was like the large adult fail son. Um, get in here, yeah, junior. Hey, Hey junior, you get <laughs> your ass in there and you tell them employees what to do. Sorry, senior. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like those kind of jobs. Is- it sounds like Buford T justice. I get real Buford T justice from Vincent Fury senior and Vincent Fury jr. Daddy, daddy, the yeah, employees yeah. asking for a raise. <laughs> Ooh, I think, uh, the last caller mentioned like having to do like trainings, like in a room, like next to chemicals and stuff, but it's just sort of, I mean, it was the McSweeney's article on Chuck E. Cheese coupled with, uh, um, what's this guy's name? Bob Farrell, like the pickle principal guy. Uh-huh. It just got me sort of reminiscing about all this stuff. But I mean, so much crazy stuff that I had to do for those sort of wages. Like just, you know, they'd get you illegally to dispose of like fluorescent light bulbs in a dumpster. You're just like inhaling like argon and like carcinogens and stuff like all the while. Oh yeah. Um, every company makes you wild. every company makes you illegally get rid of some stuff. I've always I've always had to illegally get rid of something, you know? Hey, uh go throw those back in the dumpster and then put the trash on top of them. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Sr. sent you back yeah. there to do it. Cover it up real nice. Hey, cover that stuff up, okay? I'm gonna have Junior come by and check it later. My dumbass son. I, uh, I wish I knew how they were doing when I when I'm back home to visit my mom and my family. We, like we pop in from time to time, but I don't typically see anybody that I recognize. Uh, yeah, that yeah. Happens. that would be great to try to hunt them down. Just make up some story. Tell them that you really affected. They really affected your life, and see how they take that. Yeah, that does happen though. Uh, you know, one of the famous Zine articles that we had was Felix wrote about. He like worked at this play. He worked at this bar as a bouncer and, you know, he worked his ass off really. And, and like felt like he had these like lifelong relationships with the people that worked there. And then he moved to New York. And then six months later, he came back and nobody, he didn't know anybody and nobody remembered him. (laughs) It's just like the, the turnover at those places is so crazy. (laughs) But uh, I think he actually got bit on the job. He did. He got bit in the chest <laughs> yeah, at work yeah. by somebody, and nobody even remembered it. Just him. He's the only one that remembered it. There was a story recently about uh, Chipotle in New York City that got like shut down like way too late, but like due to the like pervasive rat problem, which has only increased during the pandemic because they're like looking for sources of food. It was like you know rats like biting into like avocados so they'd go in the refrigerator and get a case of avocados with these like you know cartoon size like bites taken out of them but like employees were getting bit just like running the register and it all finally shut down when 
they chewed through like the wiring to the cash machine and like couldn't you know take the money to make burritos anymore but good God. yeah i saw that article that uh, the employees were like stomping on rats like they were they were having to yeah. stomp on rats while they worked fucking i mean these they don't businesses never want to close that is i'm looking at a sparkle on google street view right now just it, to cool? get a look of it it doesn't look very nice man it's it it uh <laughs> there's no windows there's like zero windows on this sparkle it was like uh you know it was like a little bit in the i don't like to use these descriptors but like the more sort of rundown side of town uh if you get a chance to look at the mascot it's this guy named sparky he's got on one of those little like white paper hats with like you sort of like pimple face and stuff he looks like a mascot from the 1950s that's 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 kind of what sparkles deal is Okay, right. yeah. yeah. It's like a sock hop joint. Wonderland. So, so many sock hop joints. Yeah. Just, there's people really just hanging on to the sock hops. Old people love sock hops, man. They think that was the best time, you know? Yeah. Saddle shoes. Everybody had saddle shoes. It was like simpler times. We didn't have all these Nikes and Air Maxes and Adidas's. Yeah. Everybody wore saddle shoes. I must be looking at the side of this sparkle because I got to tell you, no windows on this building at all. None. Oh, that's kind of that's that's a, that doesn't seem sparkly to me. Yeah, that seems uh, seems dark, like a box, like being stuck inside of a prison. Yeah, I created my okay, oh. okay. Yeah, sorry, well, thanks for <laughs> wrong show. In. Thanks for calling. I will in. say that, like, I mean, it wasn't fun at the time, but the memories that I have from there are sort of like you know, just the sort of, I guess, a little bit similar to what you were talking about in the like Chuck E. Cheese thing in terms of the like. You know, you have to do the performative aspect, but when you like get to have your whatever time off in the back room and that just sort of like, yeah, you work with like, uh, you, you work with characters, like in the dairy cooler. Say that again. Yeah. You work with characters when you work at a place like that, you know, you, you like the people you yeah, work with sure. are funny. Like both the, like lifers and young people. So you can get up to like a lot of trouble, you know, just like playing games, like throwing, uh, you know, like eggs into an exhaust fan or a dumpster and stuff like that. We did that too. Holy uh, shit. We used to sit by the dumpster and just, there was a rock by the dumpster and we would just pitch eggs at this rock for an hour. Sometimes just, they'd be like, Oh, you got to throw away the eggs. And we'd be like, rat on. And there'd be an egg. There's like a rock next to the dumpster. And we would just sit there winging eggs at that rock. It was so fun. You know, good time. We used to wing uh, uh, at these geese outside of the Chuck E. Cheese. We'd wing tokens at them. But oh, uh, yeah. that was bad. That was, that was a bad times for me. Well, thanks for calling in. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. And I hope, up good work. I hope you get a bonus this year. Yeah, some sort of bonus. <clears throat> I created. It's coming in the form of no one's having holiday parties, so they have remunerated us with cash, which is appreciated. That's nice. Oh, hey. yeah, cash payoff instead of a. You're party. like, I don't know. Hopefully next year we can pull. Hopefully this becomes a trend. <laughs> well, have a good night. I'm all for that. Peace out, Cub Scout. Yeah. Um. I don't know what. I don't know if my my wife has not done a holiday party. I don't think mine no, did. You know what? They had an in person one. Yeah, she has. Oh. Uh, she works for a company that's a little more Christian, uh, and is based out of a tiny town 
not in the city of Columbus. Okay. So I think they're a little bit more like the strength of Christ will protect us. Oh. Because yeah. they had three people get it at their, their other office. Oh, nice. Yeah, Katie had one. And, uh, you know, she was sort of like, uh, they just kind of hung out on Zoom and had cocktails. Yes. Told old war stories. Yeah. Remember Dan? Dan the man we called him? He's the, the weirdest cafeteria worker. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded uh, not fun to me. Not fun at all. She was 90 minutes in, too. She was like, when I got there, it was 90 minutes in, and it dragged on for 15 more. And then it was just like, all right, all right, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm out of here. Uh-huh. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right, let's get some more calls in here. Next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, yeah, it's Dave from Seattle. What's up, Dave? How's it going? Well, personally, for me, uh, pretty good. Uh, but the uh, political situation is pretty fucked up here. Uh, they just did. They just kicked a bunch of homeless people out of some park. Uh, they had a helicopter. Uh, fucking. SWAT team and riot gear and cops playing dress up and I guess it was pretty crazy. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't be there. I witnessed one sweep already, and that's that's pretty horrible. Everybody should witness a homeless camp getting cleaned, getting busted up. Yeah, that that shit bums me out when that happens. I've seen it. Uh, uh, it's happened here a few times where they just go in and bust it up. I mean, and there's a lot more camps in Columbus now than ever. I know Seattle, that's something that that happens because it doesn't get as cold there, even though it's been very cold there this year. But uh, I see a lot more camps around here, too. Just people with tents up. Yeah. And in the yeah. seams uh, of the city. We have an eviction ban here, but there's a bunch of holes in it. You know, they probably drive a truck through, plus all the harassment. And um, it's just one, just one particular park that they cleaned out because of some evil uh, um, owner who owns a lot of apartments. And uh, uh, it's just pretty crazy because I'm kind of involved in the local political scene. I'm a member of the Transit Riders Union and local DSA, so... It's just, it, it's just really upsetting. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there are building some affordable housing, but not nearly enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the case in, in a lot of these cities. Um, Columbus right now is just having a boom. I mean, our housing market is, is like, there's not enough houses for people to buy. It, it's, it's, and people are, there's more and more of these like, $2,000 a month condo places popping up. Um, they're connecting more of the city together. Like the, it's in, it's in full blown investment mode in that shit right now, you know, and that mixed use they get, there's every, I follow, I read all these goddamn mixed use buildings every single time when they announce how much the building is going to be affordable. And then you see it get whittled away until it's nothing. And then affordable means that you, um, you know, are making $50,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, I mean, they don't understand affordable Like at affordable, all. you should be making like $35,000 a year. It's like, right. That's not affordable to a lot of people. You're, you're excluding well, okay, a lot of people. So what usually happens for, 
what usually happens for affordable housing, at least around here, is that the developers will get a variance in the zoning, maybe add a couple of floors if they add some units, if they add, yeah. you know, uh, affordable units. And that's just an opportunity for all kinds of fuckery. Right. It so, sounds good. It, it, and, and I'm surprised. Go ahead. I'm surprised it's kind of happening in Columbus. I grew up in Cincinnati, and, you know, there's nothing to stop the sprawl there. Here, you know, you go 30 miles east, and you're in the mountains. Yeah. You know, and that's going to stop you cold. But that's, uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it feels like a boom town right now. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of restaurants mm. are closing, of course, but not for the, the development stuff. There's a brand new stadium. They're finishing a brand new fucking crew stadium that's going to be ready to go next year. They did it in record time, like two years or some shit. Yeah. I was complaining about Screw the Crew like two years ago. Yeah. 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 There is definitely, this is happening in every city. The, the sprawl there yeah. there every single city is building way more than they would ever have to have uh or or i mean it might not even be that i mean you know there, we, we could but th- there's a lot of half empty developments a lot of half yes, empty buildings true, here yes. you know um so is there anywhere people can go to to help out with this like or uh what um well there's there's various organizations around town. Uh, a lot of uh, there, there are people that run just, you know, uh, groups of people run mutual aid, but they closed the congregate shelters and they've had a hell of a time. I don't know what the latest deal on the tiny house villages is, but they were supposed to expand to get more of those, which are really effective. Um, but there's a, a fight between the tiny house people, Nick Nicholsville and the human services department, because the human services department wants to control these villages. Whereas the best ones are run by the people that live there. They'll have like 20 or 30 tiny houses and a plot of land and a, uh, like a bathroom and, and laundry trailer and, you know, some other structures to eat in. But okay, the best I can, from talking to these people, the best I can that we can figure out is the city doesn't like organized poor people. Yeah, I yeah, mean that makes sense. They're like, why, why, wait, why are we? Why do we have to listen to them anyways? We say what goes. Yeah, yeah, that's what a lot of that state housing ends up being. That's the thing. It's uh, uh, a lot of that state housing. They always want to control it. You know, oh, no drinking here, and it's like, well, I mean, people want to drink. They're adults. They should be allowed to drink. You know, <laughs> yeah. And why would we give them housing? That's they're 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 never using they're never solving the problem by by giving them somewhere to live. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. cops beating them up until they get the point or die. Yep, yep. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it, it's pretty bad. And you mentioned the cops. The cops are out of control here, just like Portland. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a, it's definitely up a notch there. Y'all are you got a, a very a very tumultuous situation in here than Columbus does. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's really crazy because, you know, the, the amount of land is limited and the neighborhoods don't want to upzone. You know, the neighbors throw a fit whenever they try to put apartment buildings in. Uh-huh. They'll do all kinds of bullshit and delay and delay and delay. 
and it's just gotten really, just really, it just, just really bad. I mean, yeah. it's, I've lived here since the early eighties and it, it, we've had a huge amount of growth. Uh, since the last depression, let's see, we've had a hundred thousand new jobs approximately, but only 30,000 units of new housing. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't understand it properly, but I know that they're fucking up. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have any crazy work story. Well, I do have, I used to be a bike messenger. So I'll tell you that my crazy work story, they, that was a bike messenger for three years in the early nineties. Awesome. And the company I was working for was really fucked up and, um, we didn't get paid very much, but it was, it was pretty stupid, but it was good <laughs> at the time. But, uh, Most jobs are. It was just this amazing. Huh? Most jobs are very stupid. I mean, in my experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks well, for. Since then, I have had a real job for the past twenty-five years, and it's you know it's been all right. Oh yeah. But yeah, I've done day labor. Excuse me. Oh yeah, yeah. Having a real job is nice. Oh, so I... yeah, that's so. I just you know uh, I can just uh, plug the Transit Riders Union here in Seattle. We do a lot of great work. Um, of course, the Seattle DSA. And oh yeah, I should say that they're trying to to recall our one social city council person. Uh, Kasama. So if anybody can look up the the the, the Shama uh, uh, Shama Solidarity campaign, uh, she's pretty good. She's great, you know. Don't yeah. agree with her all the time, but she certainly um, pisses everybody off, which is That's good. always good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's great. I, I'm I'm a fan. Okay, good, good. You know about her. Yeah, she's yeah. really great. There's some kind of international Zoom meeting about this on, I think, January 7th. Uh, I think Jeremy Corbyn is going to be there. Uh, some people from India. Uh, some gal, I guess, some socialists, from, elected socialists from Kentucky they're trying to get rid of or something. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's it. just look up the Shama Solidarity Campaign. It's on all, all who knows what all platforms, you know, all the all the ones that people hang out on, and support it if you feel like it, uh, or uh, you know if you're in town, sometimes stop by, do some phone calls. If you don't have any money, you can always do phone calls or uh, do what I was doing yesterday, hanging posters. Yeah, all right, great. Well, yeah, thanks. Appreciate yeah, it. thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, you guys got a great show. Take it easy. Thank you. Yeah. A thank you. Thank you. I did see that Seattle story this week and was like pretty disgusted yeah. by it. They were throwing pepper balls at him. Yeah, someone said it was 150 officers. Yeah, That's to a, beat up a bunch of homeless people. That's right. great. That's just really fucking great. Right. That's what we should be doing. Yeah, I retweeted somebody. I saw it when somebody tweeted like, this is why if any service worker refuses to serve uh, the Seattle PD, this is why. I saw that. Yeah. I actually saw that too. That was a good post. All right. Good pose. Next call. I have to go grab a water and a granola bar. Well, I'll talk to him. All right. I'm, I feel safe talking to this person. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is uh, Gabe down in Texas. What's up, Gabe? How's it going? Uh, pretty good. How are you? 
ah, you know, I can't complain. What's going on tonight? Well, I have a question for you. I've been listening to the the butt rock ups, and they have been amazing. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and so it's a very simple question about a song that you're probably already familiar with. Woke Up This Morning by Alabama 3. Is it butt rock? I don't know this. Hold on a second. Alabama 3. This is the Sopranos theme song. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. I, I truly <laughs> thought that. I don't know. I mean. I had to look it back up. It feels like I don't I don't think it is because it feels like like garage rock kind of stuff to me. Like uh uh but it is it's a very funny song though. I do think that. Woke it up is, this yeah, morning. I mean, I think the harmonica like just throws me, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't think it would be considered that, but it is very funny to it's it's that it's a uh that's that show i believe does have some butt rock in it including the last episode when uh uh journey plays and i think aj soprano would be very into that kind of music yes absolutely yeah shit yeah yeah Yeah, i'm sure he's listening to it now yeah no i was very curious yeah, no, anytime. You can ask any, if any song's butt rock, and I will try to figure out if it is or not. All right. All, all right. right. Thanks. Yeah, no, the episodes have been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so, yeah, keep, keep them on up. They've been uh, helping me get through work and stuff. So. All right. There will yeah, be more. All right. Thank you. Have a good yeah, night. Can't stop us. You can't stop me from making butt rock episodes. Yeah, I have to make them. There's three more, I think. Have to get them done. Three more of those. Three more. 2000s. 2010s. Wrap up. Wrap up. Maybe butt rock in the new f- in the future. Maybe yes. we'll figure out what that is. Could and, be dead. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a dying art. <laughs> art. Uh, you use the word art. Yes. Uh, it's the ancient art of white man's blues. <laughs> it, it is. It's the ghost world. Blues yeah. hammer. I'm so sad. I'm just wailing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, is this is this me? This is you. Uh, Who's this? Oh, shit. This is, uh, this is Matt from Memphis again. What's up, Matt? How's, hey, it, how's going? it going? Man, well... I, I told Brett like a few weeks ago, I was going to talk about my commute. Uh oh. Oh no. You went mutey mute. Oh no. I think you hit the mute button with your cheek. Oh no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. One sec. Okay. If I can get it right. Okay. We can hear you now. Uh, You're here. That, are we good? Yeah, yeah. We can hear you now. Sweet. You're great. Well, uh, so I wanted to talk about my community service I got set to for doing community service. Okay. Uh, back, back in July when, uh, you know, I, I got the street fight press and the cops almost dislocated my shoulders and all that. I do uh, remember. I do remember that. So when all that happened... You know, it was it was a shit time, but, like, I'd lucked out. I got... 
uh, a pro bono attorney who, or pro bono attorney who just like saw the shit in the news. It was like, I thought I'd show up, see if anyone needed help. And she got me a deal where all I'd do was 10 hours of community service, which meant I'd do 16 hours community service uh, at a random organization that the courts chose for me, which seemed less good, but whatever. Uh, But first I went out there, the, the awesome thing I found out is that the the church that they sent me do community service at uh-huh. was a making meals for houseless folks, which is what I went to jail for in the first place, which seemed pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and B, it, it was also like the church that let me pee and poop and in their bathroom when I was marshalling for the occupation of city halls. So well, that's <laughs> great. That's they, they, that, I don't feel punished at all. By right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like yeah. You're you're in trouble. You have to go do this. You have to go. You have to go do what you were doing when we arrested you. Yes, you have to keep doing the things you were going to do anyway. And I don't know. Like I, I still, I'm kind of on the fence of whether I, I still want to make the court ask me to like prove them wrong because the police lied in their arrest reports and I have video evidence, the contrary, my lawyer is like, yeah, they definitely throw this out because you were exercising your first amendment rights. Like there's no way they would convict you for this bullshit charge, but I don't know, man. How, I don't know. how did the, uh, how did, the, how was the, uh, community service? I mean, you were already out helping the community anyway, so I can't imagine it's that much. It's weird that they make that a punishment. Man, like it was, it was really cool. Like, I mean, it was, it was kind of like working any service industry job. Cause like I, I did had, I did have to do like closing up work. Like I had to sweep, I, go pick up trash outside and stuff. But like most of it was just like, here, we need you to pack bags of lunches for houseless folks. And I was like, Oh, that seems dope. Yeah. Not hard. Weirdest thing about it today though, on my last day was there was a city council member that just happened to show up to be a face for actually doing the work without actually doing anything. <laughs> really, uh, uh, you know, a, a lib, but like one of the better city council members we have in Memphis, I'd say, uh, it would name Jeff Warren. Yeah. And, uh, I really wish I'd had the balls to be like, Hey, Good to see you. You're why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you did nothing to confront racist policing is why I'm doing community service here. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I know mean, what, what I would prove by that. Yeah, the petty stuff, you know, I mean... Feels good. Feels good. Uh, but, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't the satisfaction doesn't last long. 
you know, better to spend yeah, your like, time. I don't feel like I would have furthered anything. I don't feel like you'd have been like, oh, well, gosh, I, I, you know, you've changed my mind. I'm going to, to fix racist policing in Memphis now. No, he would probably wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Yeah. I want that. I would also, it would be sweet if this was like a TV courtroom where you could like agree to take the plea, but you're also going to refuse, like, but you're going to do the community service, but you're, then you can also, uh, just prove the cops were wrong. That would be a good one too. That's, that's literally what I want to do. Like I already done all my community service hours at this point. Like, yeah, I literally am. I'm on the fence about like, you know, like I could still make them charge me, even though I did everything they told me to do. Right. And I, I don't know, man. Like I made the big post about it on, on Facebook. Not, not too long ago when I was drunk one night, uh, but like still I kind of feel that fire in me where I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. To explain why you arrested me. Yeah. You don't have a good reason for it at all. Yeah. I just, I just want to get the, the state on record saying, like, we screwed up and wasted a bunch of your time for no reason. Like, yeah. And uh, I think they're in that business. Furthermore, I, I would have the opportunity to waste their time. <laughs> yeah. I and, don't. Uh, yeah. Which seems petty, but. I don't know, man. I don't know that they would do it, though. They'll say that we have you here because you broke the law. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those, like, that they are just, like, they believe that what they're doing is right all the time and is never wrong. So it, it's just one of those things. I would, yeah, I, I mean, would, that's true. yeah, I would, uh, uh, I, I would take the win as a uh uh i would take it as a win that you didn't get tied up with the state it, it anymore would be nice to just move on with my life yeah but like i i feel almost like a moral obligation to be like no fuck you admit you were wrong about this because my my lawyer is telling me like yeah they were wrong and if you take this to trial they're gonna say no we're wrong we're sorry for wasting your time this was a violation of your first amendment rights i go for it then Fuck i me. mean that's that's a gamble yeah yeah i mean i think yeah i don't know i don't have a lot of faith in in the state to ever admit that yeah. they did anything but if you want to make a statement and hopefully get some kind of coverage on it from you know obviously somebody that has more of a platform than me and Brett. I mean, if you think you can get some, some newspaper writer to come down and get the statement out of them, then I think like, you know, maybe it is worth it, but I, I would, I would chalk it up. Man, I might be able to do that. Like I, I did get in touch and like hung out with a lot of people covering the occupation of city hall for like some of the less shitty newspapers in Memphis who were like, yeah, you're right. Like, you're doing the right thing. They are wrong. And I don't know that it would be a stretch that I could take this to trial and just put them on blast and be like, you have to let everyone know where you stand on this or you're going to be done. Like, hopefully, anyway. But that's always the gamble, right? 
Yeah. That you take a risk. You're rolling the dice on, on whether or not people on board with that risk or not. Yeah. It's tough. It's a, it's a really tough thing. I I mean, we'll go. Yeah. It's a really tough thing, but it just sort of feels like, like you got lucky. You got out of there without too bad of a, a punishment. And uh, I'm a coward, so I I would always be like, well, I'll just chalk it up. I don't have to fuck with the state anymore. <laughs> I'm out of here because they can really make your life hell if they want. Yes, they they have been for several months now. Like I know maybe it's easier because I've been out of work for so long. I, I feel like well, I'm already fucked either way. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if you got the time, yeah, if you got the time, go for it. It doesn't seem like you're super worried about, you know, the, uh, uh, it doesn't seem like you're super worried about the consequences. I don't think it's going to be huge consequence. I don't think you're going to do time or anything like that. So, I mean, but it could cost you money. Like sometime, but like, fuck it. Like I'm not doing shit all (laughs) out. Yeah. At this point, yeah. More it feels like anyway. Yeah, go yeah. for it if you got the time. I mean, getting to hear them in their own words might be something that's valuable to hear. You know, that's something I always think about. Is yeah, like, like I, I would love I just. To- I just want to get the police on the stand and hear them testify about why everything they wrote down the police report is absolute bullshit, as is clearly contradicted by the video evidence I have. They'll say they ascertained some stuff. (laughs) We ascertained that there is a uh, threat level that was uh, previously unascertainable, but then we ascertained it. They love that word, ascertain. Yeah, it happens a lot. Yes, they do. They ascertained so much stuff. The the weirdest shit about it is that they said that I was one of the people... Uh, arm in arm on the front line, but I was actually on the back line in the tent being like, I'm the last person that is in this thing and you still have to get me out of here. And I don't know, like, it's just, it's just ridiculous how much cops lie in police reports to yeah. me. And I, I'd love to have that, like, in, on record in open court. Oh well, yeah. Some sometimes we just arrest too many people, so we make shit up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that it seems good to me. That's <laughs> another one of those things, though, that they're 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 gonna take the police's word on that, though. And I don't think police are above lying in court. You know. But but I have there's literally video of me. Not being in the situation the cops said they arrested me in. That's true. I mean, that is true. I don't know. I I have no idea. I have no clue. But I would, uh, I mean, I'm telling you what I would do, and that is chalk it up as a victory against the state, (laughs) even though they kind of did throw you in jail. Take the win. Yeah, take the win. Yeah. I'm big on taking the win, you know? Got to. But uh, well, I understand also God, wanting to I, I, get them on guys, record. I'm sorry for sorry for taking up so much of the time, but I, I just wanted to, I promised Brett weeks ago when I did my first day community service that I'd call in 
and I'm I'm thrilled I got to talk talk with y'all again. Well, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Call back anytime. Absolutely. Yeah, Have a good night. It. Keep kicking ass. Peace. Keep kicking ass. Kicking that ass. Good talking. Kicking Good behinds. talking to you. Beating up behinds. Yeah. Keep kicking behinds. Yep. Yeah. Keep rocking, kicking hineys. Knock their block off. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's People a, get real intimidated when I say, I'm about to knock your block off. Yeah, like, it sounds old guy as he hell does it is to say, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to knock your block off, pal. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a uh, a fist with a with an old class ring is about to hit you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, yeah, this is Doug in Jersey. What's up, What's Doug? Up, Doug? How's it going? Uh, it's going, it's going good. Actually. Um, my wife, uh, headed down to Atlanta about a week early before I head down to, uh, to my in-laws. So I had my first peace and quiet in two years of marriage. Oh, I need to get some of that. Like, uh, dude, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's been just absolutely serene. (laughs) You got kids? Uh, uh, no, no, no. Thank God. No. Ah. Um, you know, like, (laughs) You know, like with, with with no social interaction, you don't. You know, she's not going to see her friends. You know, you never have any alone time for like yeah. entire like just hell. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a couple. I've, I've seen a few couples I know lose it, like actually get divorced during this thing or break up, like friends on line and stuff. Uh, it's very trying times for sure, and it is yeah, like you I'm, said. It's like kind of like it's it's with anybody even with your partner it's like you have to go away like go somewhere for a while and let me go do life stuff and like build up things to tell you but like every we're doing everything together now there's not there's nothing new that you can tell me or that i can tell you we know what's happening hard times right now hard times yeah it's like how was your day yeah, you were on the other side of the wall. That I, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. That's how your day was. I go take my walks. So, uh, I know what you So I get lunch. away. But I got in wife trouble this week. So, you know, it happens. I mean, I'm it's such so a nice good person. To, it's just so nice to be able to just leave like a pizza box out overnight. Yeah. I get like, in, you know what I mean? It's just, it's very liberating. Yeah. Um, so, so that, you know, that's been kind of nice just to enjoy some peace and quiet. So I, I was calling in for a, a landlord story, a work story, and I actually DM'd you, Brett. My, my, my wife actually worked on um, one of the vaccines that's coming out. So Ooh. oh yeah. what I'll just say, to, I'll just say real quickly, I don't want to like get into too much of it because it's just overwhelming our lives. So we don't need to talk about it that much. The research has been going on for 20 years. There's a lot of good people on the science side that are not scumbags on the business side. So uh, th- that's that's all I would you know say to people. I trust them. So, hey, uh, I trust the hell out of them. I'm telling you right now. I I I would if Brett was like surprise, we got you a vaccine. I'd be like, just stick it in there. You know, it's fine. I'll take three of them. You know, I'll take one of each. I'll take a yeah. Moderna. I'll take a, a Pfizer, and I'll take an AstraZeneca. <laughs> You know, if you can get me one of the other ones, I'll take that. I'll take as many. I, I mean, pull some strings. Can't you use some? Don't you have any elite friends you can reach out to? No, I'm not getting them. One of our listeners did get a vaccine. Okay. 
took a picture getting the vaccine in a street fight shirt. I was very impressed. So then I posted that uh, people who buy street fight merch get vaccines. Right. Which is, uh, that's a little money in our pocket, you know? Yeah, that's a great way to get a vaccine. I mean, if somebody offered me a vaccine right now, if somebody right now left a message on my phone and said, Brian, I got a vaccine for you, you know what I would do? I'd be like, why don't you give that to one of our frontline workers? I'll hold off and wait <gasps> a little bit. Yeah. Oh, Brian. Yeah. That's just something sweet. I would do. That's <gasps> that's the kind oh, of guy I am. Oh, so, so precious. That's such a lie, though. You know I would take that vaccine right away. Like, I'm, I'm going to be jealous of my mom when she gets it. She lives in like a nursing home type thing. I'm going to be like, God damn it. Yeah. Why you get it before me? I got more yeah, time my- left. My uh, my stepmother is actually one of the head nurses at uh, New York Columbia Presbyterian, and she gets hers on Tuesday. But um, before the before the frontline doctors and nurses got vaccinated, and this is true, uh, the CEO and upper management took all mm-hmm. the vaccines. So the frontline workers had to wait an extra four or five days before they got vaccinated. I heard yeah, about that happening at Stanford too. Yeah, it's it's happening everywhere because rich people are fucking assholes. Well, the algorithm is saying yeah. we, we need to make sure our genius C-suite people are here to keep this thing afloat. We need to make sure they're around to make business decisions. Yeah, the, the you know, the chief technology officer has to make sure that, you know, he hits update. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, it's 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 insane, but it was, you know, completely predictable. Yeah, um, that was a, so I, I have two. two uh, I was going to say I have two bonus stories. So I was a longtime bartender, um, and then last year, maybe right around this time, I I switched to retail um, to like a spirit shop. Um, you know, I just no whiskey. It was just an easy transition. I'm going to school. Yeah, I didn't know what spirits so, you were talking you know, about. COVID hit. COVID hit, and you know, I'm in, I'm in Jersey. So, you know, liquor stores, essential business. My owner has always been in retail. He's like a deer in the headlights. He doesn't know what to do. Our, our shop's like you know, 2,300 square feet. It's real small. We can't have people in there. Basically we turn into like an Amazon fulfillment. We're doing pickups and deliveries only. Uh-huh. So he doesn't know what to do. Two is, you know, I'm a bartender. One of the guys was a head waiter. So, you know, we just did restaurant. We just made a system real quick. It got everything rolling, you know, business was cranking. He's, you know, making a ton of money. Um, you know, and he was one of these, like, you know, he, he thought he was a good, like, good owner. He donated to Bernie, said all the right things. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. you know, he's, he's a Gen X, like older Gen X live, you know, that kind of wanted to be cool. So the first thing that happens is, so the three of the guys that were the closest, all of our partners, are women of color Floyd stuff happens. And like the three of us are just walking around irate. Um, so our, our town had a, uh, had a protest and like, obviously, you know, we're going to go cause you know, he supports it. <laughs> this guy who talks all this, like, you know, you know, uh, you know, racial inequality, all this, wouldn't shut the shop for an hour so we could go to the protest. Jeez. That was my first thing going, mm, really? Yeah. 
So then I come to find out he takes, so we, we, we worked through the virus goes down right around middle of August, PPE expires. We find out he took it. So basically our wages for the last 20 weeks were subsidized. Probably a $120,000 windfall, roughly. Wow. You know what we got as a bonus? What'd you get? We got a $100 bottle of Shatnoff Pop That he already <laughs> had. That he already had. That he paid probably $30 for. Yeah, I was going to say, I knew it was going to be whiskey. He kept his fucking business open for, you know, like, through a, through a pandemic. And we get the Shatnoff Pop, And he got a $100,000 windfall. Jesus Christ. And... Yep. And then, so when the second wave came around, you know, I'm fortunate, you know, my wife does well enough where she's like, stay home. So I just told him, I'm like, Hey bud, sorry. Like this is going to get really bad. And I got older people in my building. So I'm in a position where I can do the right thing. So I'm going to, and you know, so I'll be back after I get a, you know, vaccinated and stuff. Nice. Um, Hey, you did it. I have a landlord story. Okay. A a Christmas bonus story. Okay. Um, So back like right around the uh, financial collapse in 08, you know, a bunch of my friends and I were, you know, throwing parties in Brooklyn. We're DJing, doing other nefarious activities. And uh, we know this, this guy, we're all looking for a place to live. He manages uh, row houses for Hasidics right on the border of South Brooklyn. So we're like, all right, you know, whatever. We're all like 21, 22. So we all move in and we're just like, yeah, we just give him the money every month and whatever. And then all of a sudden he disappears. And we're like, what? So come to find out, you know, we, we, you know, we just like, you know, paid the one Hasidic guy that would come around. We just give him the rent. Then all of a sudden the basement starts flooding and like everything starts happening and they won't fix it. And we're like, you know, we like, we kept paying the rent. We're like, Hey man, you got, you got to fix this. You got to fix this. Finally, we're, you know, one of our friends who was in law school goes, you guys have a lease? We're like, I didn't sign anything. And like, we all figured out that nobody signed anything. <laughs> so essentially we've squatted rights. So the next time, like Moshi comes to get the rent, uh, we're like, no, like you're fixing this or you're not getting your money. So instead of fixing it, you know, we go through this like long kind of protracted, um, you know, like show up, you know, he would show up or, or, you know, we would show up to court together and then he obviously doesn't have a lease and he doesn't know, you know, he doesn't know what to do. Um, and so he would just ask for an extension and we're like, yeah, whatever. We'll take another 90 days. Yeah. Um, and so they, they finally get their act together and, um, it was one of my buddy's birthday weekend. So two of them had a, two of the guys had agreed to go to court. They no-showed, so we get default evicted. Oh, fuck. What? That sucks. Right before Christmas, yeah. Ah, oh, jeez. What'd so, you... No, go ahead. We... We, uh... We realized that we had obviously, definitely, in the three units, all supplied our own refrigerator, our own dishwasher our own stove, our own microwave, and uh, 
a couple of the fixtures too. Because one of the guys, you know, he was definitely a union carpenter and uh, one of the other guys was definitely a union electrician. So uh, for not fixing it, he had to fix it. And that was our Christmas bonus for, uh, for the year, I think, 09. <sighs> so we, we, we ended up making money. And he came into a very empty apartment when, uh, when he came to do an inspection with the, uh, with the sheriffs. <laughs> so that's by getting back at the, at the scumbag landlord nice nice that is great i did that once i i kicked a door in one time on a landlord and it was the fucking best feeling just leaving that place in shambles yeah well i don't give a fuck right you know yeah <laughs> well uh thanks for calling in absolutely guys uh i don't have anything to plug sweet just you know everybody's everybody's kind of you know plug yourself you know your own mental health yeah hopefully uh hopefully we get like back to normal by summer yeah that's my hope too that's what i'm looking at yeah yeah my wife might kill me get out there and see all the smiling faces you think your wife's gonna kill you yeah if if this goes into the fall i'm pretty sure i'm a dead man all right yeah yeah i want that to happen yeah, I think uh, it's the same for... I need to get on tour, or I'm going to go fucking crazy. So, thanks for calling in. Cheers, guys. Have a good night. Have a good night. Peace. Yeah, I got to get back out there. I got that wanderlust. I got to get out on the fucking road. Yeah, we love the road. And we need that money. <laughs> thanks for calling Tree Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Because me, I'm rusted and weathered and holding together. I'm covered in skin. Oh, I'm looking at your faces on the stream and I see that you're uh, maybe not kidding. We love it. No, I get it. You you missed oh. me laughing. I got it. Very, uh, uh, and I say, oh. <laughs> I was trying my best chin voice. Chin singing. That's what they call it. Is that the right right song? I didn't know the song. Earlier and I was, I was going weathered. Weathered. I don't know that one. I don't know that one. I don't know weathered. I always Uh, sing my own prison. My own prison. I created. I I was listening. Go ahead. I was listening to, I was listening to that the 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 90s the 90s butt rock the other night brian and uh i was coming up with a theory about uh about the creed alter bridge exchange which it kind of kind of crosses into the 2000s which you may be going to hit on in the next one maybe i but i'm I mean... wondering whether there's like a go for it I mean, Alter Bridge, I think, is a different kind of thing. I've never listened to him in my life, not even for a second. So maybe I'll listen to him tomorrow oh, while I'm prepping. You got, I was, you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've only heard Creed. I created. <laughs> I've only heard Creed. So I, I don't think I've heard Alter Bridge yet. So I'll have to check them out. Oh, man. There's like, I was, I was watching them today and they're so butt. It's incredible. Yeah, I was wondering. I'm just thinking, like you can maybe you can work this out for yourself. I don't know. I'm wondering if, like, between Creed and Alter Bridge, there's like a post 9/11 invasion of Afghanistan transition where 
like Creed just doesn't work anymore. And alter like Mark Tremonti figures like, oh shit, I need to do something to like get this, uh, to get this project like transitioning. Cause right after, right after you, you get, you know, Creed Fields, Afghanistan, and then Invasion of Iraq, Alter Bridge, the next year takes off and they just keep going. Just flowing, you know, Miles Kennedy, the singer and Alter Bridge gets into, into Slash. I saw Slash in his like solo project in Belfast and it was, uh, it was something. Wow. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I got to check it out. I got to check out Alter Bridge. I'm also going to, I'd apologize. I'd apologize for the, the, the kind of, resurgence of guns and roses without the without without all the guns and roses guys i saw them in belfast too and they were uh it's pretty fun yeah hey i like it i loved it i i went nuts for it i saw them in austin i i went fucking wild when they played rocket queen and made it 23 minutes because axel rose needed a break Yeah, I mean, I heard, I heard like from the the night before the night before Belfast show, they were in Dublin, and like Axl Rose played most of the show with his back towards the crowd because he wasn't happy that he came on forty five minutes late. But whenever they played Belfast, we got like the what's that the the don't the I I don't remember the the Guns N' Roses song. You get us a special, but anyway, um, I would wonder you could check that out maybe if you get into some Alter Bridge for the next show recommended but yeah. uh sorry I, like you might have picked up i'm an international caller um i'm from northern ireland but i'm cool currently nice. studying in uh, oxford in england and i was working for seven years in china as a kind of english teacher so Neat. steve from shanghai will know something about the 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 experiences um you get over there you're so super close things. to us so, though i don't i feel like you you don't have like a a huge accent i know it's weird to say accent because it's like just the way you talk but it doesn't sound that much different than here i i didn't even pick up on it right away oh <laughs> uh, man i mean no one does like i uh every like a canadian or american person i'd run into in china would be like working me out for like five minutes just like what the hell like who's this guy where's he from what's happening and it's and my accent is basically just uh i uh, i watched too much tv at university and uh <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of community and chuck and all kinds of bullshit kind of shows and stuff. do you like sit there do you sit there like i do when i'm watching something where people have a different accent and when they say a, like whenever i see an australian thing when they say no i go no yeah, I know. <laughs> like, oh, I try to say no, it the way they I do. Wasn't trying like a lang- I wasn't. I wasn't trying like a language exchange. Whenever I was uh, like watching the shows, I was just absorbing something because there was people at my university who, like, for two years, thought I was from America. And whenever I was like, <laughs> leaving the university, they they'd be like, uh, "Well, ha- like, see if travel's going home again." And I'm like, "I live like one hour away. Like, what the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, that's so, fucking crazy. So, so it's funny, but uh, but no. Then it, whenever I went to China to teach English, I had to start like totally unlearning some of the Northern Irish stuff because I'd be like, you know, if you're coming to my class and you're going to be talking to me, then you cannot be late. You cannot be late. <laughs> you're like, late, late. 
Oh. Um, 
I am. Yeah. And that, that so he was like, trouble. you know, there's some nice stuff there, I suppose. Yeah, I like <laughs> but, that guy. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I was kind of just having a go on Twitter with uh, uh, about Peter. It was on Facebook. I was having a go on Facebook like five years ago. Like it was a private, a private thing. Like I'd sort of picked out like you know people on my Facebook who could see this message about like you know some of this like Peter Rollins, like you know the the, the troubles, the pub, the problem of the troubles in Northern Ireland has never gone away. It hasn't gone away for like thirty years. You know this is all you know keeps keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Everybody doesn't like in Belfast or whoever does wherever doesn't like each other. And his project isn't doing anything. So kind of selling this project, um, uh, doesn't, isn't doing anything, but he keeps like sort of presenting it like he does. And he would sell it, especially in America. He would sell it to lots of Americans saying, you know, pay like, you know, like a thousand dollars or whatever and come over to Northern Ireland and you can come to your retreat and like spend time with me and we'll talk about like Slavoj Zizek and we'll talk about all these ideas and we'll, uh, you know, work through some stuff and, you know, you'll be introduced to all these ideas that like solve world peace and, you know, international tensions and community problems and all kinds of things. And people would go and, um, I was just saying like, this doesn't work. It's not, it's not cool. Um, it's not working. And so there was a person who was among these like very select people who could see this post I put up on Facebook who screenshot it. And sent it to Jay Baker, who was friends with Peter Rollins. And, uh, and then Jay Baker took this screenshot that he got, put it on Twitter for like his tens of thousands, 30, like 30,000, whatever followers or whatever to see. And, uh, I woke up one morning because of the time difference when I was in China and just like had like an onslaught of just a whole like Twitter feed of incoming messages like, who is this guy? What's he saying? Why is he like talking shit about all these people? And I was just like, what? what the hell's going on? And like, Jay Baker's like, you know, I've been looking through all of your blog posts when I had a blog and was like, I see that you liked Peter Rollins like a long time ago. It's like, yeah, I was 21. Like now I'm like 27 or whatever. And I've moved on a little bit. Like, yeah, what, <laughs> what's the discrepancy here? So he was just going on and on. I like, think for ages and at the, go for it. I think you'd be very surprised at how much, American conservatives like Ireland, <laughs> like, like yeah, the, yeah. the dads in the, uh, uh, in the, in, in the suburbs, they just, they are, they're enraptured by it. And you can tell them anything happened in Ireland and they'll be like, Oh yeah, I know I'm Irish actually. Uh, you know, second generation probably like the hillbillies are always saying like, yeah, I'm Irish. And it's like, uh, I could, if I was in Ireland, I would also come up with a cool grift to get money out of those people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that was the thing. Like, I mean, I, like I'm talking, I'm not even talking from just like observe observation. I'm talking from firsthand experience. Cause like when I was 21, like, you know, my parents are super can like kind of fundamentalist kind of Christian type people. And I, like lied and stuck away to go to one of these Peter Rollins gigs whenever they first kicked off and Jay Baker was there. And, uh, like, so I was like, you know, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I like, I, I'm not going to tell you, I don't believe in God, but like, I, you know, whatever, I'm just going to try and hide and do this thing. And I was there, I saw everything. I experienced all of it. And there was an American 
family who was there at the same time who were like, yeah, we're trying to track down our grandmother who lived in Belfast and see what she, like what she lived to where she lives and, and how she got away and came to America and all these things. And yeah, like I saw all that firsthand. So whenever like later it was sort of building and kind of falling into place, but like, this is just like a, like a, like a, like a money scheme. And you can see like, I mean, on YouTube or in all sorts of things, you can see this Peter Rollins guy, if you ever dug it up, like he's talking with, you know, kind of, you know, the sort of podcasters that Brias Belden would say he wants to tell, like share a show with or whoever on True and On. Like he's, <laughs> he's on all those shows doing all those things and saying, saying all this stuff. I mean, he's, he's making real money out of the Northern Irish game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would do the same thing. Well, thank you for calling in. It was cool to talk to you. Uh, no problem. And we're, we're, I'm going home. No, no. <laughs> have a good night yeah thanks I, I, I feel bad i feel bad i feel i feel bad ending the show on such a kind of you know no it was great note because there's a lot of good a good politics stuff but uh we're actually gonna i've been listening to the show since uh 2016 so was, holy moly it was cool to, to to say hi we're actually gonna end the show on plugs so you can't bring down the end of the show we do it ourselves <laughs> <laughs> have a good I night plug. I, don't, I, don't, I don't plug myself so. nice right. have a good night alright thanks for listening and if you want to listen to Holy Boys it's available uh, with a subscription to Street Fight Radio at that $5 level uh, or you can just buy it outright if you don't want to do the subscription thing for $5 it's available at store.streetfightradio.com you can get download codes for Shocktober Volume 1, Shocktober Volume 2 Holy Boys and Teen Fight Radio uh, we've got more on the way. Uh, also, you can get access to digital zines if you want the first twelve digital zines. You can get it as a download. Uh, and if you want, if you want, are interested in a cameo from Brian and I to send to one of your friends or something, uh, we we would we'll we'll listen to your offer if you're interested. Uh, thank you for everybody that supports the show and makes this happen. I can't wait to to get out there and see you all again and say hi and and commiserate on on how wild this this year has been uh we're going to continue to spread this mess across the u.s we'll be back on wednesday night we're going to do a gift exchange i think a little bit of gift exchange and uh right now shirt production is kind of on hold i think i'm not going to work this week really so i'll see you i'll be working next monday if you're expecting emails from me uh but other than that Follow me on social media, Street Fight WCRS on Instagram, where I share behind-the-scenes stuff, pictures, and and live streams and all that shit. And uh, Brian is mo- uh, hanging out on Twitter mostly. Murder X Brian is the guy to follow. Uh, also, Twitch.tv slash Street Fight Radio. I'm going to do some more video game streaming. That was fun. Playing video games is fun. I enjoy it. It's a good uh, hangout thing. And having a bunch of people watch, is it makes it feel like there's people in the room. So, yeah. Find us twitch.tv slash streetfightradio. You'll get notified when I'm playing. Come hang out. And we'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.